Canada. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. The construction of the dream. Personal foul. Clipping. P.A. The game is over. Nine to noon. Latavius Murray gets the call. Sprints up the middle, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Latavius Murray's first touchdown with the Vikings kicks the lead to 18-6. How do you like me now? And that's a fact. Vikings. Emerson Griffin has a sack in eight consecutive games, tying the Minnesota Vikings record. Keenum to the left, digs out of the game. Keenum takes the snap. Big blitz by the Rams. So Keenum passes left. Caught by Thielen. 50, 40, 30, and he's loose. Much else to say. Case Keenum takes the head off line snap. Three step drop, fires to the end zone. Caught! Touchdown, Vikings! Kyle Rudolph with the touchdown reception. 13 9, Minnesota. The final score the Minnesota Vikings 34, Cincinnati 7. Pop the champagne and pass out the hats. 
the Minnesota Vikings are 2017 NFC North champions. The Minnesota Vikings are going to beat the Green Bay Packers 16-0 in Border Battle 115. This will be the first time the Vikings have swept Green Bay since 2009. Minnesota improves to 12-3, and the Vikings have registered their first shutout since December 5th of 1993 against the Detroit Lions. Damn, what's up? KFAN Brian Heating and Cooling Studios. A happy Talker Tuesday to you. Paul Allen and producer Nordo, master mixer of that Talker Tuesday winning montage. 905, good morning. What a run. 13-3 and for the Minnesota Vikings. Kind of sucks we have to wait 12 days for a game. I mean, the long play and from a big picture standpoint, whatever it takes to mentally cleanse yourselves to make one big run to Super Bowl 52, Mission Minneapolis, reconstruction of the dream, and or get Pat Elfline's shoulder right, that's the big picture and that's the right play. Kind of sucks. We have to wait 12 days for a game, though. Next segment. 9 to noon, we'll analyze who we want to see and or who we will see. Round one for the Vikings, round two for the playoffs, House of Pain, National Football League postseason divisional round. Carolina, the Saints, or the Rams? Two of the three teams have coaches and quarterbacks who have been to the Super Bowl. What a run. 9 to noon does not want this run to end. Minnesota Vikings fans do not want this run to end. It's 13 and 3. Second winningest team in the history of the 56-year-old franchise. This league is all about coaching and quarterbacks and we head into the postseason with the best defense in the NFL and Case Keenum. Over the next week and change, we will get you set up for a Super Bowl run from all angles. It's been a very interesting, compelling and scintillating run to get to 13 and 3. We have some things to share. Remember when. Remember when the Minnesota Vikings were starting the preseason at Buffalo and the Bills threw to Sammy Watkins three consecutive times <laughs> to start the game? And we're like, Sammy's one of your best players. What in the hell are you doing? I mean, this is like a regular season game or a. Po- what are you doing? I think they traded him the next day. Yeah. Remember when we started this entire equation, watching a team showcase one of its best offensive players to be traded? Remember when? I do remember when. I remember in that same preseason where we were pondering whether or not Taylor Heineke would be a part of the 2017 Minnesota Vikings roster. Healthy, the kid from Old Dominion, a right. product of the, the Norv family reaching out and taking a chance on this kid. Right. This Case Keenum thing, you know, if we end up cutting him, it's not yeah. too expensive. Uh, do you remember when Taylor Heineke was an actual legitimate Mankato talker, August 2017? Remember when it was preseason at Seattle and Blair Walsh pointed at our bench? And, like, got all snide and negative and snippy and everything because some players were yelling at him. Through the 13-3, and three, I mean, the, the weather was, like, 100 degrees warmer around the country than it is now. 
But remember when Blair Walsh pointed at our bench in the preseason? Remember when? I do remember when. And I remember opening night, Monday night, early game, Saints and Vikings at the House of Pain, and the dreams that we had coming off the 8-8, eight and eight, watching Sam Bradford throw for 340 yards and three TDs as we house Drew Brees and the Saints, wondering how far Sam Bradford could take us. Hopefully to Super Bowl 52 at U.S. Bank Stadium. Remember when? Also a night Randy Moss went into the Ring of Honor. Uh, It was a very joyous halftime festivity. And I also remember when the next week there was that weird workout on the field at Heinz Field before the Steelers came with Sam Bradford. (laughs) Remember when Sam Bradford tried to work out before the Steelers game? Case Keenum was informed day of game. By the way, you're playing this week. By the way, you're playing today against Tomlin's team, which never loses home openers. Remember when Sam Bradford had that weird workout before the Steelers game? I do remember, and I also remember the Vikings attempting a fake punt. I remember one of the worst plays I have ever seen as a lifelong, true, purple-bleeding Vikings fan, Ryan Quigley attempting to pass at Heinz Field in that loss to the Steelers. Remember when? When you're 13-3, and you can remember when and laugh at certain things that went amiss, like Pat O'Donnell throwing it to Benny Cunningham on Monday Night Football for a 30-yard fake punt touchdown. When you're 13-3 and and perhaps all of the postseason games roll through the House of Pain, it's fair and funny to remember when things like that. Now, it's not fair or funny, or it's certainly less than memorable to remember when Dalvin Cook went down against the Detroit Lions. Early third quarter, week four, we ended up being 2-2 and after that game. The Paul cast in the building and over the sideline uh, was, was palpable. And at that moment, nobody, not even the most tried and true Vikings fans, had any idea where this thing was going to go. No. Remember when Dalvin Cook went down and how diseased it was? Well, and to double down off of that, you have the next game, remember when Sam Bradford's healthy again. Thanks for the love case and the 370 against the Tampa Bay Bucks and the three touchdowns. We love you for it. But 2-2, two and two, week 5, primetime in Chicago. Bradford gets sacked four times in the first half. Took a safety. And it looks super negative. And then Case comes in riding on a white horse, scrambling and throwing and McKinnon from 59 out. Yeah. And suddenly we get the game-winning field goal off the big interception late, and the Vikings go to 3-2. and two. And the national controversy ensued. Is it Duck, Duck, Gray Duck or Duck, Duck, Goose? Remember when? <laughs> Remember when Case Keenum killed his former team, the L.A. Rams? That Rams first drive, oh my God, then 55 minutes of domination at the House of Pain. You see, the L.A. Rams, Carolina Panthers, or New Orleans Saints, we get one of those teams in 12 days. 9 to Noon analyzes it next. the best guy on K-Fan? Probably Paul Allen. He does the Viking games. Paul I, Paul Allen. Paul Allen. Paul Allen. I don't know if I know yeah. him. Paul Allen. On the fan. Fan brought to you in part by the good people at Bradshaw and Bryant. 
and your buddy Paul Allen. Happy New Year, friends and family. From 9 to noon and FM 100.3, The Fan. New Year, same vibe. Soft and warm. Vikings-related segment after segment after segment today will include a visit from Mike Florio and ProFootballTalk.com at 935. Peter Bursich will be in studio at 1055, analyst Vikings Radio Network. He'll give us a couple. Mike Zimmer had a press conference yesterday. Yours truly attended. He used an adjective to describe Anthony Barr. That in all of my interviews over the years with Mike Zimmer, uh, Mike Zimmer, I have never heard him use to describe a player. We're going to play back that interview from yesterday. We're going to play it back today uh, because it wasn't aired anywhere, at least on the flagship KFAN. In case you missed anything, uh, you'll hear Mike Zimmer a couple of hours from now, and uh, some Vikings-related phone calls about thirty minutes from now with some talkers tied to said squad. The Vikings, twelve days from today. 340 U.S. Bank Stadium. In the divisional round of the playoffs, can only play one of three teams. The Carolina Panthers, the New Orleans Saints, or the Los Angeles Rams. If the Atlanta Falcons happen to head to Los Angeles and upset the L.A. Rams, they absolutely will play at Philadelphia in the divisional round, which means we would get the winner of Carolina or New Orleans. Um... Can you repeat the part of the stuff where you just said all about the thing? <laughs> it behooves 9 to noon to deep dive on the three teams we may face. We will get one of these teams, and this is a sneak peek at next week playoff style. We begin with the L.A. Rams. Dealing to the left, digs out of the game. Keenum takes the snap. Big blitz by the Rams. So Keenum passes left. Caught by Thielen. 50, 40, 30. To the playoff Intel desk, and here's Eric Nordquist. Good morning and happy new year. Ah, good morning and happy new year, PA. Rams eleven and five. They were four and one over their final five games with their regulars, PA. They did rest their starters and were blown out by Jimmy G yeah. and the 49ers week seventeen. I try to look past that. Uh, as you heard in that highlight, we win twenty four seven over the Rams week eleven at US Bank Stadium. Here's an interesting stat on that, PA. Yeah. That was their only road loss of the year. Wow. 7-1 and one on the road, the only place they lost, U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, the things that I look at when looking at the Rams, mm-hmm. that offense is damn good. We know that. And part of that has led to their success in the fact that they only trailed in the fourth quarter once in their 11 victories this year. Yeah. Down 23-20 at the Titans. They score two and a half minutes later, game winner. Right. They're 0-4 when they score less than 27 points. They have to get that engine running and get that engine running quickly. These Rams do with Sean McVay and his unique offense and the way that he switches it up. But they got that engine running quickly at the House of Pain and then for 55 minutes, purple and gold domination. They certainly did. Uh, the biggest key for me in this game, if the Vikings are to face the Rams, and even as Falcons fans look ahead to that game this weekend, it's all about Todd Gurley. The Vikings were successful 
as they allowed 30 yards, I think, all-purpose to Gurley in that opening drive at U.S. Bank Stadium, yeah. getting that 7 nothing lead. Yeah. He ended with 56 total yards wow. on the day. Now, in the five games that he played since losing to the Vikings, Todd Gurley averaging 175 total yards from scrimmage, eight TDs in the last five games. Todd Gurley is the beginning, the middle, and the end of the equation uh, for the Minnesota Vikings as they look at the Rams potentially coming here uh, two weeks from now. 24-7 victory here against Los Angeles was dominating by nature a majority of the game. However, it, it is fair to note that what right wide receiver Robert Woods, one of their better wide receivers, got knocked out of that game. And there was a moment in the game where it was relatively close where Eastern Washington rookie Cooper Cup, center of the field, east side of U.S. Bank Stadium, was heading into the end zone for what he thought would be a touchdown Mm -hmm. to pump life back into the Los Angeles Rams, the fan base, the players, and the sideline. And Anthony Harris knocked the ball away from Cooper Cup and recovered the fumble. That was a very, very big moment in that game. I honestly believe the Los Angeles Rams are better now than than they were when we faced them. And they had some lofty, lofty numbers coming into that game. But I think they're more mentally tough now than they were then. Um, I absolutely believe the Minnesota Vikings can beat the Los Angeles Rams, specifically given the game will be at U.S. Bank Stadium. And of the three teams we are pondering into round two of the playoffs, first game for the Vikings, this is the team I believe we will get. Yeah, I do believe the L.A. Rams will beat the Atlanta Falcons. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Uh, but I do like the Rams in this game. And if the Rams do win as the highest seed from the wild card round, they absolutely come to the House of Pain. Next up, the New Orleans Saints. On third down, Bradford back to pass. Fires left, Rudolph there. Caught at the goal line. Touchdown! Sam Bradford has thrown three touchdowns, and the Vikings lead 25-9. 29-19, the week one final at U.S. Bank Stadium. Vikings beat the Rams. I don't know what the, how many teams, remember that every year where a team starts 0-2 and people start tweeting out the playoff percentage chance yeah. of teams? Well, the Saints started 0-2, and then they just rattled off eight straight. Uh, this is This is interesting to me because this is a team significantly different offensively Mm -hmm. from now versus back in week one. Trying to get Adrian Peterson involved in that offense, causing problems. They get rid of Adrian Peterson, and I believe this is the first time in NFL history two running backs on the same team each have 1,500 yards from scrimmage. Kamara and Ingram, the best dynamic duo out of the backfield in the NFL. They've combined for 25 total touchdowns. The rest of the team not named Drew Brees, they have 19. Uh, One interesting part as this running game is involved, Drew Brees, only three 300-yard games this season, the fewest in his time with New Orleans. Uh, They swept Carolina in the regular season, and uh, since that eight-game winning streak, it seems simple enough if you look at the numbers for New Orleans. They finished 3-3, three three, three losses on the road, Three wins at home. Yep. This is a team that takes advantage of the home crowd advantage and all the feels of playing in New Orleans at the Superdome. And uh, third most defensive interceptions. That might be an interesting talker as well as how this defense got better in 2017 
uh, in, in in addition to what they're doing offensively. Yeah, that, if we catch the Saints, we can go deep diving on the personnel and like when when they lost Alex Anzalone and yeah. who they replaced him with and and stuff like that and just how good Marshawn Lattimore is. Uh, the the rookie corner from Ohio State is extremely good and he's getting better snap by snap. Uh, but I do believe the A topic with New Orleans is the the home road split. I mean, if you look at it, they lost. At, to the Vikings, Sam Bradford was NFC Offensive Player of the Week, and that game was in Minneapolis. They went to Carolina in Week 3. They won 34-13. Now, that started that eight-game winning streak. Carolina was not as good at that point as they ended up being nearing the end of the season. Cam Newton was also rehabilit- rehabilitating himself during games from an injury through which he suffered the offseason. After that, they went to Green Bay. They beat Brett Hundley 26-17. Big deal. They went to Buffalo. Now, this is an impressive win because they won 47-10. Buffalo was a playoff team, and that game is outdoors. And it wasn't like negative ass called, but it was a legitimate outdoors element type game. Very impressive victory for the team from NOLA. Uh, They went to the Rams and lost 26-20. In that game, the Saints were down Lattimore and their starting two cornerbacks, and they battled the Rams almost to the wire. They lost at Atlanta on Thursday night football. Uh, Sean Payton messed that thing up at the end uh, with some uh, sketchy decisions. After that, they closed the season at Tampa in not must-win territory, but they needed to win the game. And um, Tampa fought New Orleans down to the wire. So you got that Tampa game, the Falcons at home they beat, Uh, They beat the Jets 31-19 in a game that was closer than you would think from a scoring standpoint, and they lost to the Falcons before that. So New Orleans didn't exactly finish full of fire. Uh, Thus, I think uh, the L.A. Rams are the most formidable foe of the three to play the Vikings, and that includes uh, uh, the Vikings potentially getting these guys. And it's a read option play, and Cam keeps it. Oh, he sprints to the 40-45, looks for a block to the outside, and he gets it. Cam to the 30, to the 20, and he's run down at the 7. Cold-blooded Cam Newton. Read option, and he nearly was gone. 63-yard run by Cam Newton. Where's the holding penalty? Okay, anyway. 11-5, 11-5, Carolina Panthers. This is a weird-ass team, PA. Uh, this team has, excuse me, they're 7-1 in one, in one possession games. That's where I was going with this. And you look at their last four victories, 4-2 four and two to finish the season. They get a game-winning field goal at the Jets. The late TD after that uh, long run versus the Vikings. Late fumble versus the Packers in the, uh, the give-it-all-you-got Aaron Rodgers game. And then a goal line fumble slash uh, odd TD versus the Bucks to squeak by them. Yeah, seven in one in one possession games. Wow. You know, in the difference between the Vikings going to the playoffs in fifteen yeah. was that they were four or five and one in one possession games. I think they were one and four a year ago. Yeah, you know, this team finds ways. Cam Newton finds ways to muddle his way through a game yeah. and make things happen at the right times in the right spots. Now, with that said. Only Marcus Mariota is a worse-rated passer among playoff teams. He's like bottom three in the NFL in terms of his quarterback play. Right. Thrown the second-most interceptions in the NFL this year uh, behind only Deshaun Kaiser, and we know how bad that gets in Cleveland. Yeah. So from a statistical point of view, yeah. Cam Newton is not very good at his job. 
Now, he has the most rushing yards on the team. This is another weird aspect of this. The combination of Jonathan Stewart and Christian McCaffrey to the Paul Charchian types coming into the season were a gasp. They could not wait for this thing to run off. They're averaging combined 3.5 yards of carry. They're struggling getting that part of the game going, but when you hear 60-yard runs like that from Cam, that's where a large part of their rushing offense is coming from. So I look at this game, and uh, or excuse me, I look at this team, and it is all predicated on their front seven defensively keeping games close. And Cam Newton pulling four-leaf clovers out of his backside at the right times pushing them through teams or through games, I should say, to victory. It's a weird team for me because he's not a great quarterback, but he's a winner, and he found a way to push his team into the playoffs yet again. This flies in the face of conventional Vikings fan opinions. Um, The team I would prefer to face in round one at U.S. Bank Stadium is the New Orleans Saints. Carolina second, L.A. Rams third. Uh, so I'm hoping the New Orleans Saints beat Carolina and Atlanta beats the L.A. Rams. Uh, because I think the way the Saints play fits better with the way the Vikings' defense plays. Breeze, pocket guy, wants to hold the ball in the pocket and let these super special routes come to fruition. Um, Alvin Kamara is dynamic, but so is Anthony Barr and Harrison Smith. Yeah, You see, with Carolina, with this quirky read option, and, and the way they put stress on safeties like Andrew Sandejo, I think the Saint, the Vikings' defense matches up better with the Saints' offense than it does the Carolina offense. I agree. And the, the defense is the identity of this team. So for me, over the next 12 days, I'm concocting what is best for this defense to dominate so the offense can grind its way to points. And honestly, I believe that's against the New Orleans Saints. We'll get the opinions of Mike Florio from ProFootballTalk.com when 9 to Noon continues. Hold on to your butt. You're listening to PA. What a pleasure it is to be on Hashtag Faith Radio with all of these believers this morning. On the Fan. Ball feast. Hey, Mike, Paul Allen, what's up? How's it going? Uh, Happy New Year, my friend. Things well? Uh, Everything is great. How about you? Good. Things are good. Uh, Super Bowl caliber defense here with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, The uh, debut, obviously, in 12 days, 340 cornfields, uh, probably against the Rams, in my opinion, but who knows? Uh, Where do you think it goes from here? Well, I wouldn't rule out the possibility of the Falcons beating the Rams. You know, the Rams, it is believed, wanted to be the number four seed, so they would face the Panthers instead of the Falcons. The Falcons are more feared than the Panthers, even though the Vikings beat the Falcons and lost to the Panthers. The thinking for the Rams, and I think the Saints also, although I didn't hear it per se in that way, but I think both teams were hoping for the Panthers instead of the Falcons. I think logic tells us that... The Saints would rather play the Panthers. They swept them. They had a hard time with the Falcons in both games, lost to them once. I think the Falcons may be one of the better teams in the bottom half of that NFC field. So I'm not willing to say it's definitely going to be the Rams. It could be the Saints, the Panthers, or who else? Rams. 
Rams. Wait, no. Yeah, we, if the Falcons win, no, we can't then it's catch the Saints or the Panthers. Yeah, yeah, we can't catch the Falcons. That's my point. Um, I hope the traffic. Well, there is one way to catch the Falcons. NFC title game redemption. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> um, I hope the traffic at ProFootballTalk.com the last couple of days has been immense. Um, I've been on it at least ten times a day. There, there's just so much going on right now. Like I'll see via Twitter at Pro Football Talk, something pop up, and then I'll click onto the site. I mean, from from the coaches being fired to the weird Dirk Cutter, Sean Payton thing, to um, to Ted Thompson um, uh, being ousted as general. I mean, there's, there's just a lot going on right now, Mike. Yeah, I mean, it's been a very busy couple of days. The problem is, look at how it landed. Sunday, New Year's Eve, Monday, New Year's Day. I think it would have been a lot higher if people were actually at work either of those two days. So I think today is going to be a big day. The rest of the week is going to be a big week, and it's going to continue into the Super Bowl and really beyond. It doesn't slow down until after the draft, and even then it doesn't slow down much. Do the Minnesota Vikings have enough offense to win playoff games? Yes. Yes, I and think how, so. And how will they manu- manufacture it? What do you mean, the way they have all year? What do you mean? I sound like you now. What are you talking about? Of course. Yeah. I... Case Keenum behind the line of scrimmage, that – that routine where he's kind of halfway between Fran Tarkenton and Tom Brady, where he knows how to buy time with his feet. He doesn't run around crazy yeah. like the proverbial chicken sands head behind the line, but he knows how to move long enough, and he always seems to spot the wide-open guy. You know, a lot of times yeah. we'll see a player like, oh, that guy was wide open and the quarterback didn't see him. Keenum tends to see him, so he buys time, he moves around, and somebody springs wide open, and he typically delivers a football accurately. I mean, it wasn't great on Sunday. Sunday was a weird day, though, and, and you know, the defense has been so good. This is the most balanced Vikings team I can remember, Right. and uh, I think that's the key. You know, and, and I also think that the absence of that flash, you know, the, the offense doesn't have the 1998 quality, yep. the 2000 quality that, that it did. I think it causes defenses to underestimate people. And one guy who gets underestimated all the time is Adam Thielen. I was talking to somebody recently about just how good Thielen is. Remember that play against the Falcons, third and short game on the line, trying to ice it, and he did that cut to the inside? Yes. That, that, That is being copied by other teams. The challenge is having a guy who has that hip mobility where he can make that play and break free and... You know, people think Thielen is all hands. It's a lot more than hands. He has a great knack for getting open, and I, I think people just underestimate him. Stephon Diggs, Latavius Murray, Jarek McKinnon, Kyle Rudolph, and Case Keenum. I just think that, that teams look at those guys and think, oh, we'll be okay, and then they, they play them and they realize maybe we won't be okay. Michael, I in no way have greatest show on turf envy, but in, in calling and or watching all these games and watching them back, I, I just think there's going to need to be an element to the Vikings offense this postseason once, twice, three times a game where they throw the ball deep down the field. Why? Why? How, how many How many times do the Patriots do that and they keep winning Super Bowls? Do they throw the ball deep down the field? No, they really don't. Yeah. Well, Stop they, it. They, they do to Chris Hogan sometimes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Isn't this supposed to be the other way? Aren't? You supposed to be the boom, and I'm supposed to be the gloom. <laughs> I ain't being the gloom. It's no, you being the gloom. Oh, no. In comparison to how you usually are, no. there is definitely oh, eh, 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 eh. there's definitely a gloom to you. Usually, you are over the top. Everything is great. You're getting nervous. You get nervous. No, I'm not getting. Get, oh, yes, you are. No, you get nervous. No, I'm trying to perfect the no, product to get nervous. to the Super Bowl because there, this team has a better chance. Football feast to get to the Super believe, Bowl than 2009. The product is perfect. 
Well, no, I don't. I didn't believe in 09 it was perfect. You and like winning you do. And winning at the Superdome, I feel it was a more arduous task than getting to the Super Bowl this year. Will you go, this is not Detroit again, when the inevitable collapse happens? What I'm getting at with Case is when I watch these games back, and I'm sure it happens probably to every quarterback in the NFL, and it happened again first quarter with Stephon Diggs against the Bears. There are deep routes being run, and he's not giving them a chance. And and I just, for, for some reason, I'm thinking back when we were at FedEx Field, he threw a couple of weird picks that put Washington back in the game. I think the coaches got negative on him. That was the, the game before the Monday press conference where Zimmer refused to say who the quarterback was the next game. And ever since that moment, he's just not going down the field and giving receivers chances to win 50-50 battles. Maybe they're setting people up for the playoffs. Whoa. Maybe it's a long con. Right. <laughs> hey, let, let me let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. You got two guys behind Case Keenum. You got Sam Bradford coming back right. to practice. Practices today. Right. And and here's I want to go back to the year before. When did you arrive as the play-by-play? 02. Okay, 3 years before, 4 years before, 1998. Mhm. Falcons NFC Championship game, twenty to seven near the end of the half. Denny Green decided to get a little greedy. Randall Cunningham went back with that that almost Byron Leftwich wind up where he really takes time to get the ball out and around, and that allowed Chuck Smith to crash in from behind, rip the ball out. Falcons scored twenty to fourteen. Yep. Much different vibe at halftime mm-hmm. for the Vikings than it would have been. And there was a point in the second half where I thought you got to flip the switch to Brad Johnson. You just have to. Randall Cunningham wasn't his usual self, and I say that because that still has to be on the table. When the season is on the line, if Case Keenum isn't getting it done, yeah. and you've got Bradford healthy, and and do you dress all three guys? I think you dress all three guys, just in case. Yeah. You have Keenum, you have Bradford, you have Teddy ready to go. I think we'll carry four quarterbacks on the postseason roster. Well, I think you need to. Yeah. I think you need to, and I think you need to put three in uniform. It used to be 45-man roster with a third quarterback who was the emergency option. Now it's 46, right. and rarely does a team dress three guys. I think the Vikings need to, and you need to be ready to not make the mistake that Dennis Green did. He stuck with Randall Cunningham when he should have switched to Brad Johnson. And when you have the luxury of a number two and a number three who could maybe come in and give you a spark when you need it the most, you have to be ready to use it. And maybe the threat of that spark is the thing that that will keep Case Keenum from giving them a reason. I mean, that's been his strength, right? The more he feels like somebody is breathing down the back of his neck, the better he plays. No doubt. So maybe he needs to feel that going into the postseason. PFT. Don't get me wrong. I do believe the Vikings get to the Super Bowl. No, you don't. And I believe they host the NFC title game. I think we're going to get the Rams in the first game. I think the Vikings are going to beat the Rams in a meat grinder. And I think I, I think the Eagles lose in the divisional round. I, I just don't think they're going to be able to get around the Nick Foles situation even with an extra week of practice. It, I'm just trying to perfect things like defensively. Andrew Sandejo, really bad game against the Carolina Panthers. Got to shore that up. Keenum can't leave these long touchdowns week after week after week on the table when it's a no-tomorrow uh, scenario. Hey, Sandejo had a great play against the Bears on Sunday. I know. I don't know if that's full redemption, but my God, he was shot out of a cannon. He read the play, he made the move, and he took the guy down. I mean, it was great. It was great to see it. But, uh, look, the Rams game is not going to be easy. I think beating the Rams by 17 earlier this year makes it harder. 
right? Mm-hmm. Because there's going to be an expectation. They roll back in with those white horns and the gold trim that doesn't match the rest of the uniform, and you feel like this is the same gig. Look, that game started off with the Rams going straight down the field, the hot knife through butter, 7 nothing, and it started to feel like it wasn't the Vikings' day. Right. You know, the same thing against the Falcons. It felt for mo- most of that game like it wasn't the Vikings' day. And the pressure is going to be on the Vikings in these games, and you're going to have to know how to process it. And actually, right. I think it's better to catch the Rams than the Saints or the Panthers in the divisional round because the Rams and the Vikings are in a similar position as it relates to playoff yep. experience. Right? The Saints and the Packer or the Saints and the Panthers rather know how to navigate the playoff tree. They've got the Super Bowl coach. They've got the Super Bowl quarterback. It's going to be old hat to them, and I think that helps when you talk about the, the intensity level mm-hmm. of uh, the, the postseason. But uh, it's not going to be easy. They could they could go one and out. I mean, it could be, and, and one of the arguments, you know, there, there was a belief the Rams wanted that four seed because they want the Panthers instead of the Falcons. It could be 3-4 in the NFC Championship game very easily. Uh, what, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the Ted Thompson news with Green Bay? Well, I mean, I mean, look, uh, it, it didn't surprise me, and Bob McGinn has an article that delves into some of the details. There are real health issues there, and it's cognitive based upon the things that McGinn has reported and based upon the things that we've seen. There, there was that image of him in the in the booth on the Saturday night game, yep. which something didn't seem right. Yep. And that's been kind of par for the course, according to McGinn, in recent months. And McGinn reported that the board of directors, the 45-member board of directors, directed Mark Murphy, the team CEO, to replace Ted Thompson as GM. So now the question becomes, who do they hire? Elliot th- Wolf. Well, I, I think Russ Ball is the favorite. I think Elliot Wolf is the cinch. Let me tell you something. Wolf. And the other guy whose last name I can never pronounce right, he sounds like he should be a Minnesotan, not a Wisconsin, Gutekunst. Uh, 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 yeah, Gutekunst. Gutekunst. Yeah. Those those two guys, Wolf and Gutekunst, have been taking interviews because I think they, they know where the wind is blowing. And John Dorsey's got to be kicking himself because McGinn wrote a year ago that Dorsey was the best bet to replace Thompson, and now Dorsey's in Cleveland when the Packers' job comes open. Now, yep. he had to have known. I, I think he took the bird in the hand over the two in the bush. He had to have known that the Packers' job was coming open. But the thing is, are you going to get it? And I don't think that Dorsey – I think Dorsey's a great football mind. I don't think he's got the savvy, the political savvy, to know what to say, when to say it. Based upon a couple of these interviews he's done, I don't think he can operate the way he needs to to position himself for that job. So I I, I think he made the right call for him. And, you know, you've got to keep an eye on John Schneider. Packers shareholder, Wisconsin native, small guy, was a great running back in high school in Wisconsin, and he used to have a clause in his contract that allowed him to get out to go back to Green Bay. Apparently the contract currently doesn't have that clause. That doesn't keep him from going to Paul Allen, the other Paul Allen, the Paul Allen with money. Correct. And and saying, uh, hey, uh, you know, let me go and let me go back to Green Bay. Uh, Last one, Pat Shermer reportedly interviewing in Minnesota with uh, Detroit and Arizona this week, probably the Bears later this week. Your thoughts? Well, look, if Pat Shermer is going to get another head coaching job, and in hindsight, 9-23 in Cleveland should probably get him a statue in front of the stadium, Always. right, given where they are right now. But you don't want him in the division. You, you don't. You, you, uh, you know, unless the Vikings know something about him that, uh, you know, the rest of us don't, that, that they just think he doesn't have – the head coaching gene. He's got the X's and O's gene, but not the head coaching gene. You, you want him in Arizona or somewhere other than Chicago or Detroit. Hey, let me throw a theory out there. Hmm. And and, and it, now, it's not even a theory. Yeah. 
It's a hypothesis. It's a dart. It's a dart in a room with the lights off, and I don't even know whether or not there's a board on the wall. Okay? Mm-hmm. Vikings win the Super Bowl. Zimmer walks. Shermer takes over. Your thoughts? I always love that one. Why the hell would he walk? How old is he? It's time to walk away. Call it a career. Wow. Holy cow. Go out on top. Yeah. Jerome Bettis it. Michael right. Strahan it. John um, Elway it. It's, um, it's an I always love that one moment initially, but it, it is very deeply thought out by you, and you're an elite football mind, so we respect it. No, it's not thought out by me. You're wrong. Like I said, it's a dart being thrown in a room with the lights off, and right. I don't even know if there's a damn dartboard in there. But would it shock you if it happened? And it's funny because Chris Ballard mentioned yesterday. Me. He mentioned yesterday that a GM has to always have. He's the GM of the Colts, by the way. You have to always have a list of coaches yeah. at any given time because you never know what's going to happen, including yeah. a, a winning the Super Bowl and the coach walking away. And I had actually thought of the Zimmer thing before that. Right. And when I when I heard that, I thought I'm going to find a way to work that in tomorrow with Paul. It would not shock me uh, to answer your question. Secondly. Outside of scheming for big spot games, his favorite place in the world is his Kentucky ranch that he built over the last year and a half. And he really, really finds peace there and has a lot of activities that he takes part in. Um, I wouldn't make it favored by any stretch, but now that you bring it up the way you did, no, it would not shock me. Yeah. So Happy New Year. Later. Uh, Nine to noon around the corner invites Minnesota Vikings phone calls in. Listen closely. Here we are. What concerns you for the Vikings with advancing to the Super Bowl? 800-320-5326-651-989-5326. Why the trepidation? If you have trepidation with what's coming up in 12 days, the first playoff game, let's talk it out. We got these three teams, Carolina, the Saints, Rams. You all are elite football minds. If you weren't, you wouldn't be listening to 9 to Noon. Who gives the Vikings the best chance to advance and why? 800-320-5326-651-989-5326. And finally, convince listeners the Minnesota Vikings are Super Bowl bound and explain why emotionally you are all in. Anything Vikings related, including those talkers, over the next two segments. So we have plenty of time to get everybody in. 800-320-5326-651-989-5326. Paul Allen, Talker Tuesday, KFAN Bryant Heating and Cooling Studios, fan. You're listening to PA. It's your show, babe. Whatever you want to do. I'm here to serve you. On the fan. Join the fan along with PA in charge for a football feast at Buffalo Wild Wings. Chanhassen this Friday? Is that taking place? No. Uh, I believe Buffalo Wild Wings Plymouth gets the money a week from Friday. That's what I thought. I thought yeah. since we had the bye week, but it was uh, just a small clerical error on my part, and yeah. I apologize. No, it's, not, it's not your fault. It never should have been in there. Uh, there will be a Friday football feast, but in studio this week, PA in charge. Indeed. And the and you know I'm going to guess here, hoping my instincts are good. I believe a week from Friday, Buffalo Wild Wings Plymouth for the Friday football feast into the divisional round game. And uh, then if we win that game, 
the Friday football feast into the NFC title game will be Buffalo Wild Wings Savage. Mm. That would be into the NFC title game. And um, then if we win that game, there will be no Friday football feast into the Super Bowl because we are obligated to be at Mall of America on Radio Row Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Oh, shocks. Up to the Super Bowl. Oh, how unfortunate. So if you ever have Super Bowl stories clompage again, where you have to scramble to try to find Fred Bolitnikoff's fax machine number, we should be able to satisfy every bet the week up to the Super Bowl, whether we're in it or not. No, thankfully for that. So, uh, false alarm on the football feast, but stay tuned because we're going to have some postseason feast for your 13-3 and team trying to achieve dreams. Ain't no Buffalo Wild Wings Friday football feast of this week for sure. 10.01, 9 to noon. Now, Thursday, we do have a Vox in the Box. I believe the Sabres are in town. Uh, yours truly, Brandon Molesky, co-hosting the first hour of the radio show, Beloved Tennessee. Uh, we will begin the show with Boudreaux. Begin the show with Boudreaux. This Thursday, a uh, Vox in the Box presentation at XL Energy Center. Howard, hello. Good morning and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, I Howie. Want, I want to play the Panthers. I'm going to give you two reasons. Okay. One, they beat us, and they will be more focused to play the Panthers than the Saints and the Rams, who they beat handily. Second of all, it's after a three and a third game on a road trip. It's very easy to see how they weren't as focused, how they were a little bit beat up. Playing the Panthers at home, we were tied with two and a half minutes left in the game. There is no question we will beat him at home. There's no question we're beating everyone and going to the Super Bowl. So I gotta, question, I gotta give you credit. Into the season, what record? Nine to noon. You called the radio show. What was the Vikings record you predicted into the season? Thirteen and three. Wow, what a great NFL mind. You've always seen this thing clearly, Howard. Thank you. Thank you. Mike in Minnetonka. Good morning. Hey, Paul. Thanks for taking my call, buddy. What's up, man? Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to 9 to Noon. Oh, gracias. Um, so I think the question is this. The Vikings win by running the football effectively and shutting down the other team's running game. Which team that's left in the NFC or which team in the NFC field can be most effective with no running game? That's what I think we need to look at. And also, I'm a little concerned about Kai Forbath because – Right. I feel like at some point we're going to come down to a kick, and gosh, can he be relied upon to make that kick? Question, I'll hang up the list Mike. Thanks, qu- question for you, Mike. Uh, you're an elite football mind. I get what you're. He's gone. Um, I get what the 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 question is, and some trepidation with the kicker. There, there's nothing you can do about it from here, with the exception of fat of of hashtag faith it. I mean, you know, Kai, Kai walked off. At Soldier Field, he hit a 49-yard field goal at Lambeau Field that I swear, given the conditions and the slippery nature of the field, it's the best kick Kai's ever made as a member of the Minnesota Vikings. So Kai has it in him. Now we have new long snapper terrorism. McDermott IR. This Jeff Overbaugh snapped perfectly in his debut against the Bears. We also have a new long snapper. So I understand the potential concern and or trepidation at this stage, there is nothing you can do about it except hashtag faith it. When it comes to running and or stopping the run and forcing a team to become left-handed, as we say in the business, uh, throw first, 
I like that approach. Mike's an elite football mind. The Vikings are 12-1 and this year when they run for at least 100 yards. That's very, very key to be able to get Murray and or McKinnon and Keenum to a certain extent going. They're only L when they ran for 100 yards at Carolina. They barely got to 100, but they did, and they lost the game. Off the way Mike laid it out, if you can make Carolina a pass-first operation, the Panthers have no chance. Now, in fairness to Carolina, the quirky nature of their running game is difficult to stop over the balance of a full game. And they have a way. Their offensive coordinator, Mike Shula, and the return of their center, Ryan Khalil, who returned in our game, and the Panthers have been better for it ever since, the quirky nature of their running game puts a safety and a player like Andrew Sandejo in very precarious positions. Sandejo on the Jonathan Stewart long run, Sandejo took a major L. And then on the Cam Newton long run, he got shaken on by Cam, but that's going to happen to 95% of the players in the NFL. So, yeah, you want to make them pass first, but that's what you you wanted to do when you went to Charlotte. And and you still lost the game. So I understand the take, but um, but I, I have a high level of respect for the way Carolina operates its offense. And defensively, with Star Latulale, Kwan Short, Vernon Butler, Charles Johnson is back. Um, your guy, Julius Peppers... Mario Addison, Luke Keekley, they're pl- at James Bradbury, their corner, they're playing extremely well right now. So it ain't easy, man. It ain't easy being easy. Jeff in St. Louis Park, nine to noon. Good morning. Good morning. Hey guys. Uh wanted to uh bring up the point that uh, I really think that we have to have the redemption game against the Saints uh in the playoffs. I know that I'm only 20, so I don't really have the familiarity of the Falcons, but just having them back in the House of Pain, I was down there in New Orleans, and uh, the Brett Favre Bounty Gate Bowl was uh, uh, was such a huge part, I think, of the last 10 years of this history. So young, I think young Jeffrey. It would be the young, only fitting way to get to the Super Bowl and kind of get that off our back. Young Jeffrey, you being 20 years of age, when we lost at the Superdome, what were you, man, in like fourth grade? I was uh, I was a sixth grader and oh. uh, my entire face was painted yellow and I was balling my eyes out. It was all over my face. <laughs> oh my God! Has your has your has your future as an adult and like have thing are are you permanently tattered? Oh, changed my life! Changed my life. That and the sixteen win season that uh, I was devoted to the Timberwolves. Those two, they're with me until <laughs> the end. Paul Allen, uh, you're awesome, man. Thanks for listening to my radio show. I'd rather exercise. I'd rather exercise the uh, the Falcons demons mm-hmm. from '98 mm-hmm. if I had the choice. I don't. I mean, Florio and some other people with whom I chat. I, I'm being an equity guy. I respect a coaching staff, a team, and an MVP quarterback advancing through the season and or playoffs and getting back to like like this time of the year. If somebody were to pull me to the side and be like, "You are shortchanging a staff, a quarterback, and a bunch of players." who know how to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. The problem for me is this offense with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones specifically, it's not close to the same thing as it was last year. He's only got three TDs this year, Julio. And the Vikings' defense is markedly better than it was last year. 
So if Super Special Sarkeesian can push a button and channel the inner Kyle Shanahan this postseason, um, I, I do have... I do have a high amount of trust for their defense with yeah. specifically Grady Jarrett, who's unfreaking believable on the defensive line. He's awesome. Uh, their their leading tackler, uh, Deion Jones, I like him. Uh, Devondre Campbell, how he covers the pass. I think their corners are squared away. They had some injuries at cornerback when we played them, and they were key injuries. Their safety, Keanu Neal, I don't believe is as good this year as he was last year, but he's still an incredible, he's still a, an incredible high-ender. Yeah. I just I don't trust their offense on the road to win a playoff game. Well, that's the thing. So too. I don't think your your redemption bit's going to happen. Well, no, they would have to win two games on the road just to get to that point. See, that'd be a problem, though. The these teams they get the momentum right. Oof. These these wild card teams like the Giants when they won the Super Bowl when they win those two road games. And they have the us against the world mentality and become galvanized. Yeah. Those teams are really, really difficult to beat. I mean, that's why off the the talker last week, would you prefer the Saints here for the NFC title game or going to Philly? You know, it's it's Philadelphia has a lot of quality players. Obviously, one of them no longer is Carson Wentz. So I didn't want to be prisoner of the moment guy and watch 30 Nick Foles snaps and be like, this team's different. Yeah. But I've now watched a bunch of them. And 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 I watched back a fair amount of their game against the Cowboys, you know, where they did not have the intensity or they they the the stakes obviously were not playoff high. Yeah. But I mean fall it's not even close. It, it's not even close. No. To anything that they previously were doing or want to do offensively. Well, and all they were worried about, according to Doug Peterson, was getting Foles in that game to get him reps. And they wanted to treat it like yeah. it was a game that mattered. He throws a pick, and they're like, mm, I'm going to tell you this let's right get now. Peterman in there. I'm, I'm going to give you the hardcore sneak peek take it next week. Okay. For those who watch film, break down all 22, and know what they're looking for. Because this is like the first thing I noticed with Falls when I watched back, um, I think, 18 or so of his snaps and about 30 of their plays against the Cowboys. The biggest problem he's having right now, he and center Jason Kelsey, they can't get together on the freaking shotgun exchange. And Kelsey's flips back to him are perfect. They're not spirals. They're coming back a little... A little sideways. That's how Carson wanted it. But fall, right. Yeah, they're coming back how Carson wanted it. And normally, I mean, they're coming belt high. Foles can't freaking hold them. Oh so God. it's like he's getting it and either dropping it or taking too long to get it right in his hand. So then he goes on his drop and he's patting the ball every single time. Yeah. And I just, he's so uncomfortable right now. So think about having to analyze pre snap the Vikings defense. In shotgun, big spot third and nine, looking yeah. at matchups, right. who's Xavier covering, no, you're mm, looking Aguilar in the slot. No. You're worried about the snap. No, you're looking at Kendricks, Barr, and or Robison Oof. mugging the A-gap, fixing to come in there and mash you, and you can't hold the freaking snap? And really, <laughs> I'm supposed to fear that with a chance to go to the Super Bowl against Zimmer? Ugh. My God. Uh, Those of you who have been on hold, I promise your phone calls in the next segment. 
room for some more on uh, some of the uh, 9 to Noon talkers, like what concerns you advancing to the Super Bowl. If you have trepidation, let's talk it out. Carolina, Saints, Rams, who gives the uh, Vikings the best chance to advance and why? And um, if you're interested, uh, you can you can do the Can I Get a Witness bit. Convince listeners the Minnesota Vikings are Super Bowl bound and explain why emotionally you are all in. Can I get a witness? Mm. You will get one from yours truly. 800-320-5326-651-989-5326. Don't leave. You're listening to PA. So I see Paul, and of course, sure. you know, my heart melts, and, <laughs> and, and everything, every other part of me melts. Right. On the Fan. Programming on the Fan brought to you in part by Prism Research. Articulate the feeling I'm going through. I just can't say I don't love you. It's all good. Cause I love you. It's all good. Yeah, it's hard for me to communicate the thoughts that I hold. But tonight I'm gonna let you know. Let me tell the truth. Baby, let me tell the truth. The winter is coming. Yeah, you know what I'm thinking. See it in your eyes. You hate that you want me. When you cry, you're scared to be lonely, especially in the night. I'm scared that I'll miss you. Winter is cool. I don't want this feeling. I can't afford love. I try to find reason to pull us apart. It ain't working because you're perfect, and I know that you're worth it. I can't walk away. Even though we're going through it, and it makes you feel alone, just know that. John Stillwater, 9 to noon. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, that's a great Super Bowl shuffle song you had playing there. <laughs> <laughs> Why, you want to dance to it, man? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah hey, I'm all in. I'm all in with the bikes going all the way. Uh-huh. Uh, the last last caller called about the NFC title game against uh, New Orleans. That's the last time I called you guys. And I told you, you I told you, you got, you got to get rid of AP. Because if you look at the situation... It's been all about AP for the last eight years. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Guess what? This team is so unified. There's not there's not one superstar. Look at the pro the Pro Bowl. There's only four of the Vikings going. There should be you know there should be twelve, fifteen of them. But but my point is, there's no one stick out superstar. They're all a united team. They're unit. I mean, it's just they're, it's amazing. You can hear press listen to press conferences, and you can tell that these these guys are fired up. I love the how you laid that out. And uh, without Adrian Peterson, um, as New Orleans is experiencing, uh, you can spread the ball around. Uh, you can share the wealth. Uh, regarding the Vikings' defense and or the Pro Bowl and, and the unification of a team, the unified nature of a true team, Andy Benoit, uh, who's a National Football League following friend of mine, works with Peter King, a Monday morning quarterback. He tweeted at Andy underscore Benoit, B-E-N-O-I-T, three minutes ago. The Vikings have two guys deserving of Defensive Player of the Year consideration, Xavier Rhodes and Harrison Smith. 
Smith, the better player, Rhodes plays the more important position. Laid it out perfectly. Harrison Smith should legitimately be a defensive player of the year candidate. And after, you know, asking that question a few times during the course of the season, nine to noon, who's most important and why, you know, it's for 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 me, it's Harrison. I mean, because Harrison just there are players who do what they do well. He does everything well. And he impacts the deception, the run, the pass, the attitude, the tackles for loss. He impacts everything more than anybody. And I'm with Andy. Harrison Smith should have a legitimate chance to win Defensive Player of the Year. Pat in Mound, thanks for your patience. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, first off, uh, I'm uh, honored to talk to you. And I wanted to talk about the uh, confidence level I have this year watching the Vikings. Um, it's like no other. Um, oh, and by the way, I'm almost the same age as you. I won't disclose uh, the age. No one the guys that work to know. But it's so exciting. Uh, I don't bite my fingernails this year. They're still there. And I just can't believe how well we're doing. I don't think anybody can beat us. We are the complete team. And um, I, I don't know. It's just a great year. Moniker should be ain't no stopping us now, guy. Jamal in Burnville, hello. Hey, PA, how you doing? Hi, Jamal, how you been? I'm good, I'm good. Hey, um, I was telling your, your screener earlier that I used to live in Philly, and I moved to Minnesota during the 98 season, and uh, I just went back to Philly a month ago, and I saw, I went to the game live to watch some couple of games, and I think Philly, the quarterback is not the problem. They got quarterback problems. I think most of their linebackers are hurt. Yeah. I think if I'm right, and their offensive, one of the offensive linemen is, is injured out for the season, I think the Minnesota Vikings fans should be, they should just stop thinking about the past and just let this team play. They got a good defense. Yeah. They got a, an okay offense. I don't, I don't remember if you remember, Pierre, I called you the beginning of the season, and I told you our offensive linemen will be all right. We should just relax. Yeah. We're going to be good. And I did call 13-3 and three for the season. And what I'm going to tell you right now is this, and I hope you remember me. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Jamal, hold on. Uh, yes. Off your 13-3 and three prediction. Wow. Yes. What a great NFL mind. You've always been a great NFL mind. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know one thing. We're going to win the Super Bowl. And I, I think New Orleans, Atlanta, Philly, and the Rams, they're all scared to come down and play in Minnesota. Minnesota defense, it's intimidating. Nobody wants to face us. We don't have any weakness in our defense. No weakness at all. The only thing I would like to see the offense do is use the slot receiver, Mr. Wright. I just think he can help us a lot during the playoff because every time he throws the ball to him, he always seems to catch it. I'll hang up and listen. Thank you, Jamal. Uh, all your points were salient. Damon, good morning. It's 9 to noon. Hello? Damon, yeah. Paul Allen, hi. Hey, what's up? Hey, uh, what's up? Oscar Talker before, um, who the Vikings should play in the divisional round. Yeah. I'm all in for Carolina. Why? There, there is no player on that team that scares me. Really? Against this defense. In the House of Pain, you've been saying it all year. No team is going to come in here with our fans going to beat us. And I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy about how this is going. I think if we can play, we can play Carolina. 
we're going to go NFC Championship game, play the Rams, and win the Super Bowl. My man, thank you. All right, see you. Ain't no stopping us now. You know, the man has a point, though. We never lose. It's 12 and a half points a game at home, Pierre. I know. I mean, Carolina ain't getting the non-holding penalty call and putting up 31 on us right. in our own spot. Right. I so, agree. I think it's fair points I for agree. those that are interested in playing cam again. E. E. E and Albert Lee, it's Paul Allen. What up, man? Hey, what's up, brother? How you doing? What's up, E? Hey, man, listen. Um, going into the season, the offensive line really, really uh, uh, was, uh, obviously it was, a, it was a question mark, but now that uh, Schirmer and, and, uh, and uh, the offensive line coach have kind of gotten everything together, this defense really reminds me, uh, I, I know a lot of people talk about the 86 Bear, or the 85 Bears and the and and the uh, uh, two thousand Ravens and the two thousand Ravens, but this too reminds me a lot of the twenty thirteen Seahawks with Cam Chancellor, yes, Irvin, yes, you know, um, that's a great and, take. And then also, it also reminds me of the uh, recently the twenty fifteen Denver Broncos with Von Miller. Yeah, but I, I love Xavier Rhodes and Terrence Newman. They really remind me of Chris Harris and Akeem Tlaib, man, and TJ Ward, which you know, obviously Harrison Smith. I believe it is, is the best is the best free safety in, in NFL. So I, I believe this defense is going to take us to the Super Bowl. I, I truly believe that. And as long as, as you know, apart from any major injuries on the offensive line, hey, well, first championship here, man, for the Vikings. Go, brother. Um, I, I really like that Seahawks comparison. You're right, uh, because the the Vikings have a defensive edge at home, specifically. Seattle had playing in front of the Super Special 12s. Richard Sherman, Xavier Rhodes. Then you get to, you know, Brandon Browner and Jeremy Lane and um, and Deshaun Shedd, you know, and, and some of the other guys Seattle would have as their second, third, and fourth corners. Up in here, Trey Waynes led the National Football League with 15 run stops. You know, we said week after week after week, Trey is the best tackling corner in the NFL statistically this year, and it played out. He had 15 run stops this season, most amongst corners in the NFL. Not tackles when, like, somebody catches it in front of him and then he brings them down. Run stops. Trey jumped out of his skin with improvement this year. Uh, then, you know, you uh, with, with that 2013 Super Chickens bit, Earl Thomas, Harrison Smith, Cam Chancellor, more of a run stopper, physical force than, than a guy who covers the pass, Andrew Sandejo. Um, Bobby Wagner, Eric Kendricks, uh, K.J. Wright, Anthony Barr, uh, Michael Bennett, Everson Griffin, so on and so on and so on. I love that comparison. And the Vikings, again, have that um, they have that edge defensively at home that makes them basically four points a game better than when they play on the road, at least four points a game. Bear in Owatonna, good morning. Hey, P.A., how's it going? What up, B.? Hey, so three of the five teams in the playoffs we've we've beaten this year, and it's always been historically it's hard to beat a good team twice. Granted, we did beat the the Packers and the Bears twice. They weren't good teams this year. I just want to know your thoughts. Um, I think we should probably play the Panthers and then the Eagles. That'd be my favorite path, simply because of the fact that we've we've already beaten three of the five in the Falcons. 
the, the, the Rams and the uh, – it escapes me right now, but Saints. just what are your thoughts on Saints. that? Speed yeah. The team twice. yeah, we got you. Um, when it's during the course of the season and you're going week to week to week, it's tougher in division to beat teams twice during the season than it is when you get a week off. So it's like, like, uh, like Carolina plays this weekend, and then if Carolina wins and for some reason comes to Minnesota, you know, Carolina – will have put everything into the victory over the Saints, then they got to decompress, then they have to do it again to go on the road and beat a team with whom they're familiar. I mean, Carolina and New Orleans are playing for a third time this season. And I, I believe the Saints are 2-0 and against Carolina this season. Saints swept Carolina. So now, I mean, take that a step farther. How difficult is it to beat a team three times in a season? Holy cow. Um, but when you have that week off in the postseason – it it just think about when the Vikings played at Twickenham and we beat Cleveland, then got some time off, and they extended that winning streak. When they came back, things defensively against the run had gotten better, and their red zone offense for about a month became the best in the NFL because they had time to self scout, which they're doing now, to to shore up tendencies and trends so that you don't have any when you're scheming for that first playoff game. So honestly, I don't believe playing a team a second time when our team has a week off, I don't think that has a lot of merit to it. Second half of the presentation after this. You're listening to PA. Tuesdays are like a pain in the ass day, you know that, right? On the fan. Come to the Muddy Cow in Shakopee this Thursday, January 4th for Bubble Hockey with Tennessee and Mark Parrish from 5 to 7 p.m. Get the details, kfan.com, keyword events. It's presented by Michelob Golden Draft. 9 to noon radio show update, Vox in the Box Thursday from XL Energy Center. Friday, PA in charge in studio. No uh, Buffalo Wild Wings Friday football feast this Friday, uh, but we will have one a week from Friday in front of the January 14th game at Buffalo Wild Wings Plymouth. Buffalo Wild Wings Plymouth a week from Friday for the Friday football feast. With the Vikings game January 14th, uh, that game kicks off around 3.40, and the pregame show, Vikings Football Sunday with Moss, that will begin at 1.30. A week from Sunday, Vikings first playoff game, Mission Minneapolis. News Denord. News Denord brought to you every week, every day, I should say, by Canterbury's Card Casino. Go to CanterburyPark.com for all event details, poker, blackjack, table games all year round. It's all good. Canterbury Park. Number one. Uh, Let's kick things off with uh, some college football. The college football playoff semifinals took place, starting with the Rose Bowl between Oklahoma and and the Georgia Bulldogs. Let's take a listen to that. Nauta goes in motion left. Snap it to Michelle. He's running to the left. Angling. 25-20. Got a block for Brock. 50, 10, 5. Touchdown. 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 Dogs win it. We're headed to Atlanta. And the dogs are all on the field and now running to Sony Michelle, mobbing him. They're mobbing him in the back corner. From with the key block on the left side has sent Georgia to a little backyard football at Mercedes-Benz Stadium Monday night. Dogs win it in double overtime, 54-48. It's Bedlam here in the Rose Bowl for the Dogs fans. 
5448 indeed the score PA that courtesy of Bulldog Sports Network from IMG. Uh, I don't know how much of this you may have caught yesterday, but an incredible game. No yeah. defense. I watched a fair amount of that one and uh, minimal Alabama and Clemson. Yeah. Uh, very high scoring, great comeback in the game. Uh, the kicking situation for both teams was a little dicey, but for the most part, the kickers came through. And uh, boy, this uh, this Georgia Bulldogs team, man, with your guy Nick Chubb, uh, then they ran the Wildcat. They got a touchdown out of the Wildcat. Yeah, the Michelle kid who right. uh, scored that TD. Yeah, absolutely um, uh, one of the best teams in the country. Very enjoyable game. Uh, any equity in terms of wanting to see Baker Mayfield, the personality that he is coming off the Heisman, have a chance to play for a national title. Any disappointment there? Nope, couldn't care less because I think actually if if Georgia and Oklahoma played 10 times, I think Georgia's defense, which in my opinion is better than Oklahoma's, off watching that game. And that's strictly, again, I have not watched much Oklahoma. Caught a little of Georgia this year. Uh, A lot of NFL players in that game, by the way. And Hmm. and the Alabama-Clemson game. I mean, just a lot of NFL-bound players who are going to be good. Yeah. Um, But I, I would like... No, not at all. I couldn't care less about Baker Mayfield's personality. I think he definitely is a first-round talent for the NFL draft. And if he were to be the first quarterback drafted, I would not be surprised. But Georgia's balance and, um, you know, heading uh, heading into the national championship game, man, that's, uh, that's going to be good. Well, they're going to go up against uh, a tough defense, a team some didn't think earned a spot in the college football playoff in the first place. Five wideouts. The backfield is empty behind the quarterback. Kelly Bryant gets the snap from Falsinelli. He'll look right and throw right. Knocked away, intercepted Alabama. Mac Wilson, he's to the left side. He's going to take it in. Touchdown, Alabama. The voice of Eli Gold, courtesy of Learfield, uh, as exciting as George Oklahoma was. I mean, sneaky big play in that Rose Bowl there is they do the squib kick, Oklahoma does, after yeah. going up 17. The kid from Georgia snatches it out of the air, right. and they get that 55-yard field goal before halftime to push it to 14. Sneaky big play there. Very sneaky. Scoop and score, the back and forth, all of that. Well, hmm. Uh, this was 24-6. to Alabama was all over it with an early 10-0 lead and never looked back. Clemson's uh, quarterback was diseased the times that I was watching. Yeah, Kelly, yeah, not yeah. very good. I mean, it, it was, in, in you know, there are just so many differences with college football compared to the pros. You know, e- even when you get to the high-end quarterbacks who, you know, I saw this with Deshaun Watson a fair amount, and Deshaun is going to be an incredibly accomplished quarterback at the pro level. But there's a lot of one-read terrorism with yeah. these quarterbacks, and and specifically the Clemson guy last night. One read wasn't there, and he would look to run. Yeah. Problem is, Saban's defense was ready for it, Oof. and and they they just they could not sustain drives. And from the the time I was watching, it was putting too much pressure on a defense that does have some really good players, though. Yeah, Kelly sacked five or six times last night. Minka Fitzpatrick, this uh, defensive back for Alabama, he is going to be an absolute beast. Pretty good. Oddly enough, Alabama full of future NFL players as well. Uh, But if you remember during the college football playoff discussion, like that 24 hours post-conference championships into when they selected it, Mm -hmm. some were thinking, well, this... This Alabama team, God bless them, they didn't even play in their own conference title game. Yeah. Why should they get into the playoffs? And the committee chose them. Now we can see why. Can yeah. you picture what they did to Clemson last night versus even like a, a Wisconsin team? Had they taken yeah. care of business? Or even Ohio State, Alabama showed why they're supposed to be there. And that's going to be a grinder 
Georgia and right. Alabama SEC matchup in Atlanta next Monday night. You know who got jobbed somehow, some way? Central Florida. Oof. I mean, I followed the Central Florida story the, story the entire season, an undefeated season. I believe undefeated. Then I caught a fair amount of the Auburn game yesterday. Central Florida is one of the best five teams in the country. And I don't care if they're playing Memphis, uh, if they're playing Florida Atlantic, FIU, I, Pasadena City College, makes no difference to me. What I saw yesterday is one of the five best teams in the country. Mm-hmm. So for those who soapbox about, hey, let's not have four teams, let's have X with uh, six with buys or eight with whatever. Central Florida's performance this year is the case in point. It sure, certainly is. And for those that want to expand the playoffs to eight teams, Central Florida is certainly a talker there. They have a kid, and I can't remember his name. It doesn't matter. We'll move on. Uh, defensive player, game changer, only has one hand. Yeah. I don't know if you I can't remember what his name is, but uh, yeah, congrats to UCF uh, as well. Number two. Give me your thoughts on the Wolves, PA. They handle it last night at Target Center, 114 96 over the Lakers. Uh, Butler, greatest per usual, 28 points for him. Wiggins, uh, I don't want to say it's a surprise, but he jumped out of the gates. Nine points early on, a couple of assists. Uh, defensively, very strong early in that game as well. They jump out, the Wolves do, yeah. uh, to a 16 nothing lead against a bad team without Lonzo Ball. So I guess winning isn't that special. But what it's is... not really that bad of a team. Now, it, 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 here's the deal with the Lakers. First of all, Kyle Kuzma might be Rookie of the Year. He's if, very good. If ben Simmons backs up a little bit. Brandon Ingram might be the most improved player in the league at age 20. It's not a bad team. Um, the the Lakers the night before went double overtime with Houston. And it was a final score of like 148-142. And all of their right players played up in the 40s, in the high 40s. Hmm. So Luke Walton really had to manage minutes last night. There were some L's playing for the Lakers. Who, who don't generally play in games. So that they, the Lakers conceded last night to a certain extent. Okay. The A topic out of the game. And I ain't got no time to talk about it this week, specifically with Box in the Box on Thursday and Charge in Studio Friday, and I don't think he, he follows it that closely. Maybe next week. It, there's no disputing. Tyus Jones is a better playmaker for this team than Jeff Teague. Now, I'm not saying he should play more minutes or he should start when Jeff comes back. Jeff is and will be a better scorer than Tyus Jones probably all of their careers because Jeff looks to score. Tyus looks to make others better. I'm telling you right now, the longer Tyus Jones plays, the better Andrew Wiggins will be. Mm. And I believe it is more important to get a reemergence of Wiggins' outstanding offensive game than it is to be concerned with Teague hitting the right shot in the final 90 seconds of a big game late in the season. So, you know, I, I Tom Thibodeau is, is a markedly greater basketball mind than I ever will be, but I've seen more than a small sample this year. Tyus Jones is a better playmaker than Jeff Teague, and he will make others around him better than Will Teague, who is looking to score. Mark my words when I say this, it's, it's not going to happen. There ain't going to be no flipping of jobs, but Tyus Jones is the best point guard playmaker on this team. I dig it. They're at the Nets tomorrow. Number three. Uh, Quickly on the Wild before uh, some heavy NFL news here. Uh, Wild split the home and home with Nashville Friday and Saturday. Won here, lost there. Uh, This is uh, of note. Zach Parisi is expected to make his debut for the Minnesota Wild tonight as they take on the Panthers at XL Energy Center puck drop 
around 7 p.m. And uh, and then we are right on site on scene for Buffalo as they come to town Thursday. Vox in the box from the penalty box at the X on Thursday. Look forward to that. Might uh, might be a good time to get young Zachary Parisi 9 to noon. Um, I'll see if we can work on that. Also, a slim chance Adam Thielen stops by the X and joins us in the penalty box, uh, depending on what his Thursday schedule looks like. So, um, yeah, we, uh, we, we are down the road on Box in the Box. Number four. And uh, this is what happens at the end of every NFL season. People start losing their jobs. And it's awful for them as individuals with families and all of that. But bad teams that want to get better, the first person they look at to move is generally the head coach. Right. Uh, some expected and maybe a couple unexpected I guess I'll get your viewpoint on it uh, Bruce Arians choosing to retire if you saw that emotional video of him addressing his players yesterday no surprise uh, no surprise there no no surprise there because I just I feel Bruce is battling things physically he's had mo- the health issues more than he wants to uh, to, to lead on uh, now Bruce Arians did have the best line from any coach off week 17 because Arizona I don't know if it has won two of the last three or three of the last four at Seattle, but he sat down for his press conference after the game. Yeah. Paraphrasing said, well, it's great to be home for the holidays. Yeah. I he always love that one. Thanks, everyone, for coming to my house. Yeah. So is that, is that how he said it? it was, it's about, yeah, what he said there. Right. Br- brilliant and uh, right. a long, successful coaching career. Yep. Offensive yep. mind, for sure. Yeah, so anyway. Uh, moving on from him, John Fox out after a few seasons with the Bears. Took two different teams to the Super Bowl, but couldn't uh, fix this Bears team. No surprise there. His record with Chicago was awful. Um, and that uh, that is a potential landing spot for Vikings offensive coordinator Pat Shermer. I want to get to that in just a second. Uh, Mr. Caldwell, head coach of the Lions. No longer head coach of the Lions. Two of the four teams in our division right. will be boasting new head coaches a year from now. Not a surprise because he did not get the team to wear the general manager, Bob Quinn, wants it to go, which is advancing in the postseason. Um, Quinn, with the with the Patriots' equity, I, I've just always felt, and you know what? Props to Quinn. I like how he's drafted his offensive line, and I think he's going to do a good job long play-wise running the Detroit Lions. I give him credit because he was not one of these me-first um, presidents of football operation, GM or whatever, who came in and did not give the coach who already was there a fair chance. He gave Caldwell a more than fair chance to get to a certain level, and Jim couldn't do it. Hmm. So now Quinn, as I said, Friday at the Friday Football Feast, um, now Quinn gets to bring in his own guy. I have and do make Matt Patricia, defensive coordinator for New England, favored for that job. But that also is a potential landing spot for Shermer, who is a Michigan native. It's all getting sticky. Uh, Del Rio out with the Raiders. Reports are John Gruden, who hasn't been in coaching for nearly nine years now, I believe, uh, getting a crack out in the Bay. No surprise with the Del Rio thing. It got way out of hand offensively and defensively. It's one of the most underperforming teams with with immense talent I've seen in quite some time. Whoever comes in there, the A topic needs to be what's up with Derek Carr. Because in 2015, he was the bomb. Uh, He is not close to the same. Uh, Somebody needs to fix that. Shermer's really good with quarterbacks. I don't know if Oakland would be interested in him. Oh, yeah, you mentioned Gruden. Yeah, with this John Gruden thing. It's kind of weird, isn't it? It's not not necessarily that it's kind of weird, but you know what? Um, God bless John, and good luck to John. 
if after nearly a decade of doing TV and making immense cash to work one game a week, if you can push that button and get in and grind the way you did previously when you were with Tampa and you won a Super Bowl, if you can do it and win at a high level, God bless you. See, I heard that Gruden still has like his own, like he leads like some fired football coaches association yeah, it's bit. in Florida and he ha- he goes to the office mm-hmm. every day and watches hours yeah. upon hours it's of game fired film. football coaches academy okay FFCA and that's what they do hmm. uh, and lastly of the fired coaches and then I want to get one that hits uh, close to our green and gold friends mm-hmm. Chuck Pagano out with the Colts after six years yeah the a topic there is making sure Andrew Luck can play football anymore um, and that that situation is very dicey You know, Saquon Barkley, in my opinion, with the right to change it when we go to the Combine, that is the number one player out of this draft I would want. And I know it's a pass-happy league, and you need quarterbacks and offensive linemen and the whole thing. Saquon Barkley is the best overall player coming into this draft. He's awesome. The question is, is will he be in a spot for Indianapolis to draft? If I'm Indianapolis, I really got to figure this luck thing out. And if there's potential for career-ending L's, I got to get one of those quarterbacks. With Green Bay, Dom Capers, no longer the defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. And Ted Thompson transitioning out of the GM role into something else, quote unquote, with the with the team. Senior advisor. Senior advisor. Very special job. Uh, and they're actually already looking for potential GM candidates to replace Ted Thompson. The next uh, defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers will be Vic Fangio, um, who is out in Chicago as part of the John Fox firing. I predict Vic Fangio is the next defensive coordinator in Green Bay, and I predict Elliot Wolf, Ron Wolf's son, is the next general manager in Green Bay, I think there's much more to the narrative with Thompson than a, to a certain extent, depleted roster that was exposed when A. Raj went down. I just, I, I, I think that, I think that level of performance, decision making, and grinding is done for Ted. So I think, you know, and, and, and Ted, Ted's done a good job. I mean, Ted won a Super Bowl. Ted put together a team that lost. In the season, Green Bay won the Super Bowl. I think they lost 10 starters, 10 to 14 starters that year due to injury. And his depth really played into them winning the Super Bowl. So um, I wish him well. He's had, he's had a very successful career. Pete Bursich, analyst, Vikings Radio Network in studio to talk ball. When 9 to Noon continues at FM 100.3 The Fan. Good morning. 9 to Noon. Ben, you would know this more than PA would know, is uh, (laughs) the mental part of the game. Up here, it's so mental. What do you think, I'm dumb? On the fan. Facing a five-man rush, fires to the end zone, batted up in the air, intercepted by Harry the Hitman. He heads out to the left to the five and falls ahead to the 10-yard line. The Minnesota Vikings have picked off Jameis Winston three times today. Second and five, toss right, McKinnon following a pulling up line, and McKinnon gets to the 40, to the 30, Chicago Bears. 
One receiver right. Thielen in motion to the left of Case Keenum. Tailback Latavius Murray gets the call. Sprints up the middle, 25-20. 69 and Jared Allen in 2011. Vikings. Super Bowls in Minnesota, Sam. Mission Minneapolis. Hashtag Fate Radio. from his own 27. Vikings lead by seven. Stafford, deep drop, passes left. It's batted in the air. Intercepted by Xavier Rhodes. Stumbles to the 25 to the 20. But he stumbles his way to what's going to be a Vikings victory over the Detroit Lions. X marks the spot. Xavier Rhodes picked off Matthew Stafford and did so with a 30-23 lead. score the minnesota vikings 34 cincinnati 7 pop the champagne and pass out the hats the minnesota vikings are 2017 nfc north champions the minnesota vikings are going to beat the green bay packers 16-0 in border battle 115 this will be the first time the vikings have swept green bay since 2009 minnesota improves to 12 and 3 and the Vikings have registered their first shutout since December 5th of 1993 against the Detroit Lions. Versus. I radio music you should know featuring Metallica. Spit out the bone. Is this an iHeartRadio app promo that I missed? The Analyst. Oh, you mean I can get this headache downloaded for free? Free iHeartRadio app. Yeah, it's the free iHeartRadio app. Download that headache right now. The Analyst. Hair Shade. What's up, my man? Not much. How are you? I got a little weekend off. I'll be at um, <laughs> Mall of America Saturday from like um, 9. Uh, you're, um, that sounds like a hoot. I'll, su- be in, I'll be in Duluth. Okay. Ice fishing? Uh, hockey tournament. Whoa, a, for the girl? A Bantam Sea hockey tournament. I'm tripping now. Uh, my, my youngest, Ryan. You're, you're young. Yeah, Ryan, but then Repeat. What's Repeat's name? Pete. Okay, so he's Pete Jr. That's why we call him Repeat. Okay, what's Repeat doing Saturday, and is he a gamer? I don't know. Yeah, he's a gamer. Okay, I am emceeing a Madden Challenge. Nice. I did it last year, Mall of America. You know, you get... A lot of us, I haven't played Madden in years, but you know, people will play Madden, the super popular video game, and 
you know, we we whatever. I mean, you get you get those who play Madden who think they're offensive coordinators. You know, when they're watching games, stuff like that. Right. But like the X amount of people who are going to be at Rotunda Mall of America Saturday, the best of the best. I mean, I when I emceed this thing last year, it it's in coordinate. It's put on by the Vikings and a bunch of sponsors. And when the two squared off to go to the next level to, you know, I think which was in Southern California and the winner of that gets like a 55 grand prize. When it got down to the final two and they, you can put together your own team, (laughs) but it has to add up to like a certain number. Right. So there were teams with Russell Wilson at quarterback, Paul Krause at safety, Walter Payton at running back, (laughs) Steve Hutchinson at guard. It's unbelievable how good these these guys are. Oh yeah, they're they're professionals. So I mean, for repeat, if he like, if he <laughs> wants to watch, if he wants to become an elite video gaming mind and like a and watch high level Madden, I think I get there at nine. I think the bit begins right around nine and is done at like two thirty. Rotunda Mall of America Saturday, uh, but you'll be in Duluth for for a hockey tournament. Yeah, so up there, hopefully it'll be hopefully it'll be a little bit warmer. Right, a little bit warmer. It's. Um, you can learn a little bit of football by Madden, you know. I and, and having messed with it a little bit, I'm not a big Madden guy. What? Um, How can you learn football by playing Madden? You just learn. You learn what the terms are. You learn what the some of the phraseology is, and yeah, and what what really is an umbrella defense compared to this right. or compared to that. It me, literally does teach you like what cover two, cover three. I mean, looks it teaches like. what, what it, all those whether things or not, look like. Whether or not, whether or not. Uh, by but, playing the right defense against the right offensive right. play, put you guys in right. I don't know. Well, yeah, right. you're not but, Vic Fangio right. after this. Vic um, Fangio. Hey, with um, these Madden players, these gamers, in going for 55 to 75 grand and the ultimate prize, which isn't this weekend, it's like one of the final qualifying bits at four places around the country. And by the way, for this final game, in front of us in the rotunda, packed. Rubes all around levels two and three, like oh, yeah. outside of Tim Hortons. Then on the third, like level. an O not like an O nine when we did the rally there, right? Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, people people are really into it because the games these gamers play are filed somewhere with like EA Sports or whatever. There are rubes who into the championship um, rounds. They break down all twenty-two yeah. of the other guy of what the other guy has done in like wow. his previous two wow. or three yeah. Madden games, PS4, Xbox, whatever. I, is. you know, if there's a chance of winning some money doing it, I mean, why not? I, I mean, if this guy has used Russell Wilson three times <laughs> as his quarterback, how much is he running with him? Which way is he running when he's making his biggest plays? How often do they blitz? <laughs> they get tendencies. I mean, you're going. For, could, do you like money? Yeah. Of course. Okay. Well, do you want to win seventy five grand? That's what I'm saying. Playing video games. What you do is you do the scouting report oh for him and charge him for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. Now, anyway, speaking of film, yeah, uh, the analyst and I are watching film together later today at the Vikings Entertainment Network. We have a uh, bi week version of Vikings game plan. I believe it's Sunday morning, Fox Nine. Now the way. Uh, Wabi, the content coordinator, and yours truly at Winter Park yesterday, we came up with an angle for the analyst today that hopefully hopefully you like, and you're going to need to get there five minutes earlier to kind of go over the bit. Got it. We have uh, the teams we can play in the postseason, Carolina, Saints, Rams. Then you got the one seed, the Eagles, 
And then you've got the team every year to beat the Patriots. So we're going to go through each team. All right. right. Welcome back to Vikings Game Plan. Pete Bursich, Paul Allen. There are three possibilities for the Vikings to be playing next week. We are going to look at two plays from each of those teams. Carolina, Rams, and Saints. Then, what does a one seed look like? Let's look at Nick Foles. Then, you know the team to beat is New England. Let's watch a couple of Patriots plays. So we're going to be watching some film later today. Well, they, they're going to be sweating the, the Pittsburgh rematch if that happens. I mean, that was by no means uh, a given. Patriots fans them. don't sweat. Well, they, well it's let like them sweat. I, I did an interview this morning, and, and the cliched question is, which team do you fear most? And I'm like, there's not a team in the NFC with the way the Vikings have played that I, quote, fear, end quote. But every market outside of Boston right now has that feeling of, oh, my God, this could just, like, end tomorrow. <laughs> in Boston, they don't have that feeling. What what is what is crazy is it's been a long it's been a while since we've had a regular season game in New England, but um, it's a very subdued crowd. I mean, we got one next year. Uh, they're not they're they're not very loud. I mean, yeah. in the playoffs, I'm sure they are, but in the regular season, yeah, yeah. they're they sit on their hands a little bit because hey. they're like eh, another regular season win. <laughs> eh. Nordo's gonna hate this eh. uh, because he's third on the chain when it comes to producers on the Vikings radio network. <laughs> Road trips next year, now that all the, the schedules, the, now yep, that all the right. standings are set. Of course, at Bazi- at Detroit, yep. at Chicago, at, at Boring Appleton. Right. But then outside of that, at um, New England. So we stay in Providence with that Mafia vibe. Yeah. Remember that in 2010? Wonderful. Oh, my God, was that great. <laughs> that was good. A little restaurant we went into? Yep, I know. We yeah. are at the Jets, which means we stay in New York City. There you go. We are Chinatown. At, what we're up? at Philadelphia. City. Of, we were there Elite. for a month one time. Elite. Philly rocks. We are at Seattle for a regular season game. Love it. Hopefully and early in the year, we, September. We also are at L.A. At the, L.A. Yeah, yeah. The Rams, the Coliseum, though. <laughs> Come on. How about this? It's going to be a- hey Abbott. Abbott's not going to take any weekends off next year. <laughs> let's, um, you know, what I mean, he's going to go to all these road games. Let's for the uh, Rams game. What if the Rams game is out of a buy or into a buy? Okay, because then we can like let's say after the Rams game we have a buy. Yeah, let's do the Rams game and after that go right to Marty Fish's house. No, after we go to Marty Fish's house. Five hours away, Hawaii. <laughs> well, there you go. Let's go to Hawaii. <laughs> Let's beat Jared Goff and go to Hawaii. There you go. It, it's yeah. You're on. You, you there are. You're five a, hours a, away. There are a ton of options for that one in L.A. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. That'll be. It's it's. Let's just. We'll get through this year first. But that that's a that would be a nice tour yeah. as Super Bowl champion. Which um which team do you hope we get here January fourteenth and why? Um, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of a toss up, really, with all of them. I mean, the team that honestly I couldn't care less. I, well, the team the team that you worry about is the team that has the most balance. Uh, and right, Saints. And right now it would, be, it would be New Orleans. You talk, you look at the Bears, right? Jordan yeah. Howard and how much he has done over the last few weeks. But they are Trubisky can't throw. Is not a great thrower. He's a young thrower. Keep him in the pocket. Jordan Howard had nine yards of rushing against us. Wow, nine. Nine. They converted third downs at an 8% clip. We've given up 10 points in three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks. Pretty good teams, too. Bengals, Packers, and Bears. Doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter. They're professionals. They get paid. Think they don't? If that was the case, if that was the case, then uh, then that you'd be seeing these kinds of numbers every single week. But the defense has been for the last three weeks unbelievable. If yeah. Anthony Barr plays, yeah. the rest of these these playoffs like he yeah. played yeah. three quarters of that Bears game, yep. he he's gonna he'll be the you know, playoff MVP kind of a caliber player. During the he Bears was unbelievable. Call, uh, you you didn't know you were boxing me up a little bit during that Bears call, but you were because you were on Barr after like three unbelievable plays. Yeah, and then I'm watching the replays of it, and I'm like, I ain't trying to step on your your football related opinion. But if Linval Joseph doesn't take on those two guys the way right. he did, right. then Barr can't do what he does. So, so I'm at Zimmer's press conference yesterday. We're going to replay it you know, about 25, 30 minutes from now. Zimmer described Barr's Bears game as exceptional. Mike Zimmer never yeah. uses the adjective he's, he's, exceptional yeah. for anything. He slowed it, yeah, he slowed a compliment, but that's kind of his nature. Right. The other guy that stood out to me in that game was Terrence Newman. When when the Bears had it first and goal and they threw the ball, was it three times, four times in a row? Terrence Newman sat there in space and looked at what was happening in front of him, mm-hmm. and he knew what was co- he knew the route that was coming. He had two receivers stacked on one another. One of them runs a post. He knew the inside guy was going to run the out route. He just whoop, jumped outside and just waited for the guy. He's like, yeah. "Okay, come on, let's go." And yeah. he he and then he knew on the there was a there was a, uh, a dart route well there was another one there was a there was 3 by 1 and then the yeah. inside guy runs a tight post route up the middle to kind of pull when Meatsaw shot the gap and pull all the inside defense in and Terrence Newman knew what was he knew yeah. that that the the second receiver is going to run the post behind it and he just jumped it yeah. and stood right there i mean he's he he you cannot i don't think underestimate what that man does for yeah. his defense. Analyst in studio, this is 9 to noon. You're listening to PA. Time for two more. On the fan. No doubt about it, and programming on the fan brought to you in part by Prism Research. Florio and um, some Vikings fans, I don't want to say are misconstruing what I said earlier as I attempt to verbally perfect the product. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, Case Keenum. Case is not one of the best overall quarterbacks in the NFL. When I say best, I mean Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, so on and so on and so on. Okay, now, do do you agree with me off that premise? Yeah. Now, you and I, we watch back. When we watch back these games, we see a fair amount of the same stuff. And it happens early in games a lot, where there are receivers running down the field on deeper routes that either are open and are being missed, and we're talking 40, 50, and 60-yard touchdowns, or, like in the first quarter of the Bears game, Diggs is one-on-one with some L Mm -hmm. down the field, where the corner is on him with relative tight coverage, but you also can put it up there and say, good receiver, win a 50-50 battle. Right. And why I bring it up the way I do is perfecting the product. I would like to see Case go down the field deep more frequently to get things to loosen up to help the running game, and also with Thielen and Diggs. And that's it. Not Floyd, not Treadwell, not Jarius, maybe Rudolph a little. 
put those guys in position to win 50-50 battles. So that's when it comes, I'm not negative on case. I mean, Bradford's practicing today. I, I have no desire to use Sam Bradford in the first playoff game unless you absolutely have to. It, it's Case's money, man. Keenum, right. Keenum was the case that they gave me. I'm on him. But I'm trying to perfect this thing to stretch it a little bit, you know? Right, I was saying it. And I think a lot of that has to do with what defenses are doing to Case Keenum. I mean, if you look at, I mean, the Bears are obviously in a different situation, but a lot of teams have kept guys at the line of scrimmage. They've pressured. They've tried to take away the short underneath routes. And what are you left with? Yeah. If Case Keenum can extend a play by avoiding a pass rusher, the the way you make him pay it by throwing it deep. And he did that against the Bears. And you gotta understand when you throw the ball deep like that, there are a lot of positive things that can happen. Yeah. And even if you get an interception, depending upon where you are in the field, that's why around the fifty yard line, you know, they, they call that the uh, alumni zone. Yep. That's where teams like to take their shots deep and run their trick plays because if something goes wrong, at least you still have the ball at the mid at midfield. Mm-hmm. But even if you throw an interception, the team's going to be backed up, or you're going to have a long way to go against your defense. And you don't even have to complete the football as we saw against the Bears. You don't even have to throw the thing in bounds like we saw against the Bears because you can get yourself some one-on-one matchups. Yeah. And if that matchup is in your favor down the field, you're going to expect the Diggs or uh, you know Thielen or Rudolph to win that battle. So I think... You want to see that get better, but I think defenses are forcing that issue. Defenses are going to say, if we're going to make Case throw a certain pass to beat us, it's not going to be a 15-yard in route. It's not going to be this. It's going to be a 30, 40-yard bomb down the sidelines. And teams can do that. You can pack the middle of the field with safeties and corners and linebackers and give up the outside. Make him throw those outside throws, those strong-arm throws to beat you. All right. If you're good enough to do that. Bradford returned to practice today. Uh, By the accounts that I'm getting, he looks fantastic. I mean, it's like jumping on the knee, bouncing on the knee, moving left, moving right, and it's like the left knee bit is all in the rearview mirror. Do you think there is any chance into that first playoff game they they start Sam Bradford? (laughs) No, I don't think so. I mean, he's... When both are healthy... Who's the better quarterback and why, Bradford? Well, I think you know? I think Bradford gives you a little bit more. Okay, um, he's definitely a more accurate down the field passer, stronger arm. He uh-huh. can make better throws. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know, Case, Case Keenum and his mobility though. Yeah, is especially if you're going in. You know, you're going in minus a lineman. We don't know how our offensive line is going to shake out. Ew, that would be the only thing that would concern me with Bradford is his, is, is his ability to get out of the way. O line will be Reef. Searles, Elfline, Berger, Remmers. Good, and the, we'll have to take. Well, we'll definitely get a good look at them on the first game, mm-hmm. and that's nice to have that they're going to have an extra week to to work together and do those things. If you're not getting free runners, Bradford's the guy, you know. Uh, but Case Keenum can make things happen with his legs, and we've seen that we've seen that all season long. I think yeah. it's, and then it's the offense, and 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 do we are we better? Route runners across the field are just vertical routes. I mean, it, it's it. You know, God, we could be more explosive. I think with Bradford as an offense, yeah. uh, but I, you know, right now with him playing all of uh, six quarters this year, mm-hmm. it's a tough call to have him come back out of nowhere and and, and make him quarterback. We'll get more into this, uh, Pete Bursich at Pete Bursich for um, hardcore smart football takes on Twitter at Pete Bursich. When you're in studio Monday, we'll get more into this because we'll know who we are going to play.
But from where you sit now, what concerns do you have with the Vikings into the first playoff game? Not not just the offensive line, I think, and how that's going to shake out. I mean, what else could you be concerned about? I, I think there are certain situations where the buy isn't always a, a, a good thing, and I think Philadelphia is kind of in that situation. Right. Because you kind of get a game in the last game of the year, and then you have a week off. So these guys, are, they're kind of technically taking three weeks off, mm-hmm. right? Three weeks between games for a lot of the starters. And yep. and I don't necessarily think that that bodes well. And, and we've seen it over the last 10 years. Is these, these, it used to be back in the day that the, you know, if an, if a team with the bye, an NFC or AFC, either of those team, two teams lost, that was a huge upset. Yeah. Nowadays, not so much because I think teams, can get that much better during the season. So the buy isn't what it used to be. But for us, I think it's good because I think there are some guys out there that need a break that are a little tired. I think Adam Thielen looks a little tired. I know Harrison Smith can use a little bit of time off. Yeah. Those big guys up front can use a little time off. And compound that with our offense's ability to stay on the field and possess the football, mm-hmm. it takes snaps. Our defense has been I, – I would like to see the, the the snap number versus the league for our defense in the last three weeks because I guarantee you they, they're they hovering around somewhere around 150 to 160, which is 30 to 40 plays, 30 plays, let's say less, yeah. 20 plays less than the average. I mean, that's half yep. a game. Yep. It's been like that all year. What happened last year after we started 5-0 and was the defense was on the field way too much, yeah. way too much. And they wore down. They didn't. They haven't done that this year. Those guys have, have stayed in there the whole, you know, the whole year. I thought I was very interested to see that Jaleel Johnson played as much over Tom Johnson, just because, uh, you know, Steph, Shamar Stephan was out, but Jaleel got in there way before Shamar ever would. I think I personally, I, I would, I assume that Zimmer was trying to send Johnson a message, saying I disagree. Unless he was nicked up? No, I think it plays... Or they want to take a look at the young guy. Right. It plays like Rudolph didn't play as much as he normally plays, but he did play Let some. Let me tell you this, though. When Tom Johnson was in the was in the game at the yeah. end, he was on fire. Yeah. He was... I mean, he was fired up. So, to me, that made it look like, okay, you're going to put this young guy in front of me? Okay, let's go. Yeah, um... I, I disagree. That's my. That's just my. You know. Yeah, and 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 I generally rely. I mean, your gut. I have a lot of respect for your your gut opinion. I just think that he was definitely trying to cut Johnson's reps in a game while keeping him while keeping him active to make sure he doesn't get hurt. Big picture wise, from a three technique standpoint, Zimmer wanted more pass rush out of his three technique spot this year and didn't get it. So that will be an off season. That that will be. There's work to do in the offseason for that spot anyway. Uh, does the fact that Ryan Quigley became the first in team history to finish the season with zero touchbacks intrigue you at all? It does. It 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 just goes, it lets you know that it's still a team game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that everybody on the defense would say the reason that we were, you know, we're leading the league in points and this and all these other categories is the the fact that teams start the team started so many drives uh Inside their own twenty. I mean, Tariq Cohen's fair catching footballs at the five yard line. <laughs> it doesn't. Make, it didn't make any sense. How many times did the Bears start inside of their own five yard line? Yeah, it's consistency though. And all throughout the year, they, there's you know you get these stats and you look at certain stats and the the delta or the difference between the average starting position of the offense and the average starting position of the opponent's offense. Mm-hmm. And the Vikings have been at the top almost the whole season. Meaning yeah. our offense on average needs to go seventy. 72 yards. The opposing offense needs to go 80, 82 yards. Yeah. And every yard 
from the twenty yard line. I mean, and, really from the goal line out, it, it that touchdown percentage goes up. It does. It, it makes a big, big difference when yeah. a team has to consistently start at the ten as opposed to the thirty. Same. Bursage. The Lions, Cardinals, and maybe the Chicago Bears are interviewing Vikings offensive coordinator Pat Shermer for a head coaching spot later this week. Thursday at a hotel in Minnesota, the Lions and Cardinals are meeting with him all day. So like Shermer got a lot done yesterday, practicing right now, and they have a lot to do tomorrow. But I think Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is chill for everybody. So I think the Bears may be rolling in here somewhere later in the week or over the weekend. What do you think about all that with Pat Shermer? Uh, I don't think it is. I, I think what Zimmer said was we'll we'll deal with it this week, and then after that he's done. Uh, is is a good is a good way of doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to take much away from him right now mm-hmm. because you, ha- you you you're not you're going to self scout this time of the year. You're going right. to worry about getting all your pieces, the guys that you want in the offensive line, get those guys right. Yeah. Uh, you're going to take a look at the three teams that you're going to play, yeah, loosely, like from afar, yeah, and then once that get once that game is over yeah. on Sunday, you'll be in your office getting the, getting the grind down, breaking down that film as soon as it comes in, or I think it's all, automatically comes in now. It's all online, yeah. So you'll start your work Sunday afternoon once those games are over. If the Vikings win the Super Bowl, <laughs> Florio brought this up earlier, and I do not say it is a zero percent chance. If the Vikings win the Super Bowl, what about Mike Zimmer going out on top and Pat Shermer becoming the head coach here? <laughs> do you say it's zero percent? Zero. I, I do not. I say it's zero. It, you're wrong. The only way. The only way. You're the wrong. only way. You you're wrong. The only way is if he's got if he has family or some or medical issues. Mm-hmm. It's three percent or two. Three percent. It's not zero. Okay. I mean, this man. I work with this man two and three times every single week. When I sit down with him at 12.45 on Fridays to tape the the pregame intro thing after yep. he has stayed up yep. and, and gone on the grind the entire week, mm-hmm. I see the mental state this guy is in. Right. Okay, I'm telling you, he's tired. Can I say something? Yeah. John Gruden gets paid a hell of a lot of money to talk about football on TV, and what's he doing? Oh, because of the competitive juices coming it's, back to head coaching? It's, all, it's ego. Okay. It's ego. Okay. It's he might take a year off. I think you're ninety seven and a half percent right. He might he'll he may okay, he may take a year off. Right. Right? And then you know, then you sleep in in about three, four months. Yeah. You get bored. Yeah. He's gonna be bored out of his mind. Yeah. Because it's the only thing that got him out of bed but for, for those last twenty you, years was been... the, was just Competing, but you've competing, been to where he competing. lives at the Kentucky Ranch. Yeah, we he we, when he threw that party the night before the Bengals you know, preseason I'm telling game, twenty sixteen. Six that's months. That's like heaven for you. Six and months. for people like Zimmer. Right. That's that's what you Tractors do. Tractors and you ponds have, and fishing and hunting. You have to build a happy place so then you can look at a picture of it that's sitting on your Which on your, he does on your every shelf Friday, right? because. That's the only the only time you're going you're to right. see it. That's a great point, and it's your happy place. That's a great point. You think Peter. about it. The if the proverbial, you know what hits the fan. Yeah, I could pull the pin, and I'm right there hey. in six hours hanging out. Hey, but when, until then, yeah. I'm just telling you, he might six months, and he'll be bored out of his mind. You're very smart. Uh, when time for two more, and I roll in at twelve forty five, twelve five zero for me to chat with Mike about the game and. And we spend a good 15 to 25 minutes together I'm sure. every Friday, then we tape the interview. Right. The first thing he does every week is every Friday, mm-hmm. and I, I rush from Buffalo Wild Wings to get there as close to 1245 as I can, is he will pull up on his phone, he'll say, come take a look at this. And it's like 9 to 20 pictures over the week 
his security cam at the ranch has caught. Of deer, things like that? It's deer. It's look at this tree. It yeah. was this big then. It's <laughs> yeah. growing quickly. Here's what we've done to the uh, porch overlooking that big pond. Hey, this um, you know, this crown molding. I mean, he's yeah. Th- that's what he does every single Friday. And you know what? Staring at that for six months straight, he'll get bored out of his mind. <laughs> he will. Right. You could not pick a better life than what uh, Gruden does. Yeah. He does. He's never wrong. He gets the interview. He's still in it. He's still yeah, part of the bit. And he got pulled back. He's going to get pulled back into this. Yeah. Just because I guarantee you, when they put him into the the Ring of Honor down in Tampa Bay, that was that was the moment. The roar of the crowd, Paul. The roar of the crowd. You've got you. you oh, it's, yeah. it's the competition. You think it's, he got bit there? Because all your friends, all of his friends, are going to be doing what? Coaching. Yeah. So what's he going to do? Sit there on the phone and call a guy, yeah. and the guy's like, "I can't talk right now. I'm I'm busy. I got yeah. you know I got." No, he'll he'll last he'll last six months. But see, they're going to be in Vegas in a couple of years. Six months, but he might be... want to be in Vegas. I mean, there's action all the time. Restaurant comps, hotel comps, all Maybe. over the. If you're the head coach of a National Football League team in Vegas, are you kidding me? <laughs> you won't pay for anything the rest of your life. It, well, during the season, you won't have any time, but in the off season, it'll be a hell of a lot of fun because yeah. you're already where you want to go in the off season. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm serious. Oh my god! It, when he shows you that picture yeah. this Friday. Look at it and say, looking at that for six months, you'll yeah. be bored out of your mind. Love it. Never. And, and he'll he'll probably go, All right, Ugh. a last one. And I'm certainly not saying our quarterback's coach is the next Sean McVay, but make no mistake, team owners, presidents, general managers, and, and decision makers for teams right now are scouring coaching rosters, looking through college football for what? The next Sean McVay. Where, by the way, the Raiders were way ahead of the curve on this when they hired Lane Kiffin. They just made a yeah, mistake, and he wasn't ready. But that right idea, wow. wrong guy. So, Kevin Stefanski, quarterback's coach for the Minnesota Vikings, got here in 06, worked with Childress, yeah. Bevel, Musgrave, Norv, and Shermer. Ben, uh, he's worked with running backs, tight ends, I think wide receivers, quarterback's coach right now. Kevin Stefanski's next step if Shermer leaves. Well, I, I'm cool he, with he could be he could be the uh, you have to make a decision because Shermer might want to take him with as his offensive coordinator, or you make so an offensive you, coordinator here. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's got yeah. to promote him right away, and, and then Stefanski would have to take a take a look and say which way do I want to go. He'd stay, and yeah, I think he would stay because yeah. you have the defense like yeah. nobody else's no here. Doubt. No doubt, you know what I'm saying. And you look at Shermer with his with the options that are in front of him right now. You don't want to go to Arizona. It's the oldest team in the NFL. Right. That's a long term building, rebuilding yeah. type situation. Shermer is from Michigan, and he has well, Stafford. You got yeah Stafford. I mean, you have you have a an, un, you have a very very good quarterback. Do you want to deal with him, or do you want to deal with developing Mitchell Trubisky? <laughs> Detroit. Right. Right, and you got everything downtown, right? But, but see, with uh, with Detroit, the GM is Patriots guy Bob Quinn. I mean, I've said it for a week and change. If they move from Jim Caldwell, Patriots defensive coordinator Matt Patricia will be the next coach in Detroit. That's my opinion. Maybe, maybe yeah, Shermer maybe. slides into his DMs and wins the job. Who knows? Maybe. You'll, you, we'll You're the see. best. We'll see. God bless you. Enjoy see your you uh, trip to Duluth for uh, for Ryan's hockey tournament. Thank you. I will see you in studio next Monday. We will know who we were playing. We are playing, and we will break it down. Sounds great. Mike Zimmer had a press conference yesterday where he shared a lot. We're going to replay it next, 9 to noon. You're listening to PA. I don't really answer preschool questions. On the fan. I can't wait. I can't wait until tomorrow. 
Cause tomorrow might very well be too late. I can't wait. I can't wait until tomorrow. Nine to noon. Cause tomorrow Happy New Year, Rube Nation, friends and families. Thanks for uh, listening to Nine to Noon. All of our shows were off yesterday uh, to uh, celebrate New Year's Day. But uh, Mike Zimmer had a press conference post-Bears game and uh, kind of offering a sneak preview into the postseason. After uh, the games this weekend, of course, the Vikings, the fans, and Coach Zimmer will know exactly who the Vikings play Sunday, January 14th at 3.40. Uh, He'll have another press conference next Monday uh, going uh, more into detail about things. But for now, here's what his press conference yesterday sounded like. Okay, after watching the tape, uh, I thought uh, defensively we played very well. Uh, Obviously, we played the run game really good, Um, good on third downs. And uh, I thought thought our corners covered well in that that game. Linebackers played well, bar, bar, uh, exceptional. Um, and then defensive line, uh, you know, those guys did what we needed to do uh, offensively. Um, you know, they made it tough on us, but we rushed for 156 yards. Uh, and that was one of the things we wanted to control the running game and control the time of possession in this ball game. And uh, we did that. Uh, and then the field position part with the, uh, I think we had, Four punts that were down inside the ten yard line, so that that helped with all those. So, questions. You mentioned the punts. What do you, what do you think it is about Quigley that he's had such success pinning him inside twenty? He's just. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I can't get too technical on that. He's just been good. You know. I mean, we practice a lot, but you know, you still have to execute it. <laughs> Now that you know you guys will play on Sunday the 14th, what's kind of the schedule uh, this week and moving forward? Uh, we're going to practice a couple of days this week and then uh, get working on some things we need to work on. And, and uh, coaches are going to start working on the three possibilities that we're going to play, and then we'll go from there. Mike, was that performance by Trey Wayne yesterday kind of highlight the growth that he's made? Um, you know, I think he's played – He's, you know, this second half of the year, he's played really well. Um, you know, there was a lot of times earlier in the year I was helping him a lot, and I'm not doing that very much anymore. Uh, so he's been out there on on his own, and I actually think that's part of the reason why the defense, his the numbers have come down quite a bit because of, uh, you know, the way these corners cover in the back end. Like when you have a younger team in terms of playoff experience, what do guys that have been through it, like B. Rob and, and Terrence, kind of? do for a team to help get them ready? Well, I think they just, you know, the captains and the other guys you mentioned, uh, which those two guys are captains, but, uh, you know, I think they they have an opportunity to talk about uh, the the belief that you can get there. You know, like Linville, he won, he's won the Super Bowl. And uh, I think just being able to try to keep these guys on point, you know, some of these younger guys. The problem is, you know, a lot of young guys come in and they expect, you know, it's going to happen every single year, and they'll, and really, you never know. You know, last time I won the Super Bowl was 1995, so it's been a while. How will you uh, handle things this week with with Pat and you know interest that he might have for interviews around around the league? Uh, well, if he if he gets um, requested to interview, I'll let him interview. This is you know this time they can do it. 
have him wait until the end of the week when the players aren't in? Or? Yeah, I can give him certain days that he can that they can come and do that. Well, this time a year, you can request that they come here during the bye week. So that's what we'll do. We talked a lot about the defense all year and how successful they've been. I guess. Um, I guess is there any is there anything that you're still gonna I think most concerned about working on with with them these last with the defense? Yeah, there's lots of things we got to work on. You know, this these next two days, I think it's important to get back to fundamentals. Um, you know, uh, making sure that some of our run fits and our blitzes are better. Uh, trying to get, make sure that uh, some of the difficulty and some of the coverage things that we've we've had. Uh, you know, maybe you guys don't see them, but you know, I see all this stuff. So it's a lot of these things that we have to get better at. Um, we're going to emphasize some other situations. Um, you know, try and play a couple game-like situations in these in these practices, and just keep try and keep keep us on edge as much as possible. You mentioned yesterday that you see that edge in them; they don't want to give up an inch. Is that kind of a mindset you've seen in them really all all season? Well, they're they're uh, you know I think they're a pretty confident bunch. Um, you know I. I think they play together well. They're pretty resilient. You know, if something bad happens, they don't panic. Um, you know, they just keep keep plugging along. But you know, the way they practice is, you know, pretty pretty intense, and uh, it seems to carry over. I, you know, they seem to be pre be pretty confident. You're sure in your first playoff game playing a team that you've already played this year. How much does that help in preparation? I mean, they played us too, so it's the same. We get to play at home. That's a good thing. Does that 54-yard field goal affect at all where you're comfortable with your field goal team heading into the postseason? The one we tried to kick yesterday? Oh, well, it was at the end, you know, I probably wouldn't have done it if there wasn't one, more than one second. Or, I mean, there was one second on the clock, so take a shot and go from there. What's been the key to slowing down some of the best uh, receiving running backs that you've faced? Because any of the three teams that you're going to go up against in the playoffs, they all have running backs that are going to Um... Yeah, uh, I don't know how do we do against them. Yeah, do we do okay? Huh? Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's always part of the plan. You know, try to. I mean, we just try to take away what they do good, and you know, figure out a way to do it. Sometimes it's a couple different players, sometimes it's leverage, sometimes it's, you know, one-on-one, -on -one. sometimes it's a linebacker, sometimes it's safety, um, sometimes it's, you know, I don't know, we just try to figure out the best way to do it and go from there. Mike, if you're able to get Sam Bradford back in practice this week, what do you want to see out of him in a couple times you can have him out there? I just want to see where he's at, where how he's moving, things like that. It's, um, you know, I've just, you know, I hear he's moving good, I hear he's throwing the ball good, I just... But it's all I do is here, so we'll just go about it and see how it goes. Is the plan still for him to practice this week? Yeah. Do you go into that with any expectations of possibly being able to use him? I don't know. That's way too early to, to say. Um, we'll just see how it goes and where it's at. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not committed to saying he's going to play, so we'll just see how things go. I mean, you know,
things could happen. You know, we win a game and somebody gets hurt. You know, you never know what can happen. What's the window on when you have to make a decision? Three weeks. Three. Jerk McKinnon's had um, that same kind of acceleration that we've seen from him now throughout the season. Do you think it's the type of carries he's getting or, or maybe just less workload? Or what, what do you think? is? is I think a little of both. I think a little of both. Uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, some of, the, some of the ones he ends up bouncing to the perimeter a little bit more. And so, you know, I think you're able to see some of that. But um, uh, I don't know. He seems He seems fresh. Latavius Murray had 97 yards after the first six games. I know he didn't play a lot early, but just your thoughts on the last 10 games finishing over. Yeah, he's, he's done well. Uh, you know, our offensive line has blocked well for him. I think the receivers have blocked well, and he's uh, he's done a nice job hitting hitting the creases. When he finds when he when he stays on point with where he's running, then he's he's pretty good. When he you know when he has bad plays, it's usually when he tries to do too much or goes somewhere that he shouldn't be going. If I didn't have that Madden event, I agreed to MC yeah. months ago, Saturday. Right. You know what I would consider? I mean, if if the airfare worked out the right way, I have family in Southern California, so there's a free place to stay Friday and Saturday. Rams Falcons game. Yeah, I'm I'm I mean, there and lo- looking at espn.com, you know, you see the matchup, the time, the TV and or radio and then tickets. So I always like to click on tickets just to see what it looks like. At the Coliseum, 90-some thousand seats. Now this, I mean, this is a fair number, but it's not as extravagant as I thought it would be. Do you know for $400, $200 each ticket, we could sit in like the seventh row on the 40 behind the Falcons bench? That's ridiculous. So how great would it be if like after 9 to noon on Friday, you know, you, you... Talk to your wife, get some money from her. Sure. And we fly to Los Angeles. <laughs> you yep. know, we we stay in, you know, the Santa Monica air or we, we, we stay we stay in Pasadena. Sure. Which is like thirteen minutes away from the LA Coliseum. And then we take in that game and we fly home the next morning. And we come back just <sighs> rife with matchup related takes. Yeah. And oh. like we video or we stay in the end zone. And we use our phones to, like, videotape all 22. Oh, my God, would that be fun. I think we'd have a fair chance at field passes for that game. <laughs> uh, you're the best. Great job today. Thank you. I'll see you Thursday. Box in the box. Hell, yeah. Uh, I'm Paul Allen from the KFA and Brian Heating and Cooling Studios. Producer, Rap Show. Thanks to the Paddy Wagon for sponsoring the Daily Raps. Paddy Wagon, 61st and Nicholas. So what do you do when your team's got to buy in the playoffs? Emotional Vikings fans looking for a week in payoff. Can't go outside without freezing your ass off. You're not much of a reader. You never turn the TV off. Go for hoops. Host the Hoosier Saturday. That'll be on the fan. 345 tip, by the way. Maybe catch the Wild in Denver later that day. Or your point three rooting for a Falcons upset in L.A. Twiddle your fingers. Just sit in quiet peace. The tension lingers, remembering previous defeats. Enjoy the bye, Vikings fans. Keep your minds busy. Be happy for a change. Shed the purple misery. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Mission Minneapolis. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it.
Hey, have a seat for a second. Super Bowl's in Minnesota, Zam. Allen, a superstar, bursting onto the scene. Easy credit ripples, good times. Scratching it. Are you kidding me? That's a dumb question. Hashtag Faith Radio. To listen back to a podcast of today's show, visit the Paul Allen channel on the iHeartRadio app or go to KFAN.com.